The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, episode 113. My name is Kyle. I'm Corey. I'm James. And I'm Sanjay. <laughs> hey, there he is. Actually, it's Carlos. Hey, everybody. What's going on, guys? How you doing? How y'all doing? Awesome. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Y'all? Perfect. <laughs> let's, let's just get right to the chase. Let's... Welcome the Tatooine Sons podcast to the Star Wars Commonwealth. Welcome aboard. Yes, welcome, sir. Welcome, aboard. welcome, welcome. Uh, yeah, so I, David and his sons, Samuel and Nate, have just been welcomed to the family. So if you haven't checked them out yet, be sure to do so. I mean, we, we made a big to-do of it all on Twitter and Facebook uh, late last week. Uh, and it's been, it's been in the works for a while, but uh, now the time is right, so... Go check them out. These guys have a really cool podcast. It's it's David, the dad, the the Jedi, the, the Bowtie Jedi guy, is his code name, and uh, with his two buddies, his two sons, Samuel the Hutt and BB Nate, and they just they just share Star Wars with one another, and it's a weekly show. It drops on Saturday mornings, uh, like clockwork, pretty much, and um, it's it's really interesting. It's 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 a unique show, which is uh, something we strive for here to bring in. Um, something different to the table every time we add a show. And so, uh, yeah, definitely go check that out. You can look them up on on all the places where you normally find podcasts, iTunes, and uh, definitely follow them on Facebook and Twitter, Tatooine Sons Podcast. So welcome aboard, guys. Yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm super stoked about that. Like, I'd been listening to the show, and once I had found out behind the scenes that uh, they showed interest in the Commonwealth and all that, I was so excited because I think it is a really, really neat concept, and both uh, Nate and Samuel have such youthful uh, takes on things as well. So it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's it's different. It's another piece of the puzzle for the Commonwealth, you know, so I'm super stoked about that. And making Turbis canon, that was pretty awesome, man. Did you guys see that? His Not many got- people can claim that. That is that is wild stuff. So quick, very quickly, that story is uh, David and Samuel and Nate went to, I think it was the, a Collider interview uh, with Ryan Johnson. And he took some Q&A from the audience. And I think it was Samuel who got to ask him uh, what the name of the Porg in the, on, on the dashboard of the Falcon was. And uh, Ryan didn't know. So he said, well, what do you want to call him? Turbis. And so we're, <laughs> they've got this cute little campaign going out to make Turbis canon. Well, Ryan Johnson said right there, he's like, Pablo, if you're listening, the name of that uh, Porg was Turbis. It's canon now. <laughs> That's so Good on them, man. That was awesome. And that is kind of a good name for a Porg, no? It is a good name. I got to say, here's here, how's the slogan for their show? Uh, Nate and Sam are so bright that David calls them sons. Oh, dear. Nice. Yeah, see? See what I did there? The wordsmith back at work. 
I remember watching hey Carlos, that. What's going on over there, man? <laughs> I remember watching that collider, uh, the collider thing when it came out, and uh, I thought that that was really cool. That you know, uh, the kid asked about the port, and then a couple of weeks later, <laughs> I'm finding out that that's the kid. That's you know, it's like oh, it's like it's like a circle. <laughs> Goes up, down, and round. Feel the flow. All right. So once again, welcome Tatooine Sons. Very, very glad to have you guys aboard officially. Welcome. Welcome. Um, so you know what? I think for everybody who is a powerful friend, I think it's time we reveal what we're going to give away as part of, uh, you know, on Sith Disturbers at the end of every month, we like to give something out to the powerful friends. And uh, it's about time we let them in on this month's prize pack. Yes, it's a prize pack this month. And I guess in, in, in honor of Rebels coming back and then leaving... In very short order, uh, I think we're going to give away Space Mom and Space Dad. It's going to be a Kanan and Hera Black Series duo. Ooh, nice. my word! So if they're going to be separated in the show, at least you can you can always keep them together on your shelf. Seriously, that's that's pretty awesome. They come in the, in the same package. No, no, no. It's just we have oh. we have two. Okay. <laughs> we have them each black series figure. Yeah, because I had we're gonna put them that. in one box. The, I've seen that there are some uh, black series like um, duo packs, like where there's like two characters in a pack. But I hadn't seen that one, so I was like, uh, I wasn't sure that's what you were talking about. If I ever uh, do get, uh, if I ever get to win a, a, a draw from any one of the. <laughs> <laughs> any one of the um uh, patreon uh campaigns that i support uh if i if i would to, if i was to win this one like that hera would be i'd probably display it and you would see the canaan on ebay about 33 seconds later <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against canaan i don't know these are not re- these are not real jedi to me i'm sorry it's like it's just it's not happening see Yoda doesn't even know Yoda if thought he was okay Jedi. Yeah. Yoda thought he was good enough to be Jedi. But he definitely, like, that's the best part about Kanan. He questions himself, you know. He's not sure of himself after everything that happened with Order 66. Like, that's what I love about him. He's 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 torn as well. He's doing, he always tells Ezra, I'm doing the best I can, kind of, you know what I mean? I'll be, I'll Ezra. be very honest with you. The only, the main reason why is because he commiserates with Ezra. That's, I just. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just. I can't wait. I'm just fooling around. Anyway, well, you that, know what? That, your your eBay campaign would f- just flop miserably. <laughs> he's Kanan. Kanan is is. I mean, it's, it's a figure that's been out for a while. Yeah, he's readily available. Still, kind of. You, you can still get him. This. I mean, this. If I if I gave out Kanan as a as a prize, it's sort of like a huh, okay. <laughs> but pair him up with Hera, who is still a pretty uh, a coveted figure, and you know, considering their space mom and space dad, space dad. Now it's a pretty sweet prize pack. We got some Canera action, or if, like as I prefer, Hernan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, seriously, oh, like I have to say, Hera is like definitely I have to say in my all my collecting days, whatever. Like I wanted that Hera above many a figure. So like when that when she hit the shelves, man, I was like, <gasps> ah, like I was I was I really wanted that one, and it it didn't disappoint. It's one of the nicest uh, Black Series figures out there, I think. She's the only Rebels character that I actually like. Wow, Wait, uh, shots fired. Look yeah, at that. No, but I mean, I love her. I mean, I, she's a great character. I have uh, nothing against uh, nothing against her. And it's not that I don't like 
the other I just I like her so much more that like I I kind of wish that she was in the saga somehow where I don't feel that with the other characters that's that's just me no I hear you there Hera is more gravitas like being well as the leader I guess of course and the rebellion general and Vanessa Marshall does such a good job of being Hera that Man, yeah, absolutely. I I really hope we get to see more Hera down the line here. Uh, she's a she's a a a, a Twi'lek Twi'lek. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so, how what what's their lifespan? Like, uh, do, do they live longer than human counterparts, or like? I just assume that they that pretty much every alien species live can live longer than humans, just because reasons. It just gives storytellers more rope. <laughs> in that regard mm-hmm. like i would love for there to be a species that has a life expectancy of like 12 well, you age not. to adult and you just you you're done the clones <laughs> well we don't well, no, rex is still around so but uh yeah I mean, and the clones see, are closest to it we see Hera's dad champs and like he's aged quite significantly we see him in the clone wars till now so i'd say like it's pretty similar to humans yeah, I think everything kind of swims in that same pool of, as, as human life expectancy. It's just one of those things. I, you, you can throw that in with uh, speed of plot and all that things. It's it's life expectancy is whatever it needs to be. Um, anybody have a collecting update? Oh, before that, let's pl- got to plug the Patreon. If you want, if you want to get in on that Kanan and Herod prize pack, Corey, where can people go? Uh. <laughs> Tumbling Saber, Patreon, <laughs> forward slash, whatever. You're, he's never going to get this. Uh, whatever. I'm not One job. I don't get the win. I, that's not my job. <laughs> and it'll never be my job. Director of... what? what what's your pr- title here, Corey? Director of... You didn't even tell me you, you wanted to give those two away this month. <laughs> you, you're <laughs> taking over. <laughs> Director of want, promotions. Kyle? He's just like not doing any part of his job. Director of None complaining. Of it. I just, yeah, I just, I just buy the toys, just give away the Hernan, get it over with. Okay, so it's at patreon.com slash tumbling saber. Oh, thank you, Carlos. Replaced. <laughs> Corey, you're fired. Yeah, it's not like I get a cut of this. <laughs> not, not even we just do nice shady cities. exchanges in gas station parking lots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tumbling, All right, tumbling saber, tumbling saber episode one. What is it? One twelve? That we're episode one twelve right now. One thirteen. One thirteen. Episode one thirteen. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> Corey's fired. <laughs> I say Ford slash whatever. That's a good one. <laughs> no, it's tumbling saber episode one thirteen. That's not my job. <laughs> I've got. I've got a running list here of of things I could title this episode, and we're like ten minutes in. Beautiful. Uh, do we have any collecting updates this week, or do we just race right past this now? I, I got a quick one. Like again, I hit the local. Wait, wait, cert- wait! Before you do, because you've you've yeah. done this before, and your collecting updates had nothing to do with collecting. And you said my collecting update is I went to see the Last Jedi. No, <laughs> no not even so, the one. Is, are there actual Star Wars merch involved here? Yep. Yeah, I actually got All something. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, I hit the local circuit again this week. Like. All the same places I hit last week, it's just in hopes that something new would have popped in there and kind of nothing. But I did kind of rifle through uh, the Funkos at, a, at an EB Games and 
I found one robot. <laughs> Another robot. Rogue One. It was the uh, Death Star droid. Said, whatever, you know. That's I kind of going for that robot theme, so I stuck with it. I said, it was nine ninety nine, so I said, why not? It was kind of disappointing though, again, because I just wanted to get something awesome, you know, like just see something really cool. I did see that twelve inch, uh, I guess, doll of Poe Dam- uh, Dameron for you, Carlos. The it's uh, the Last Jedi version, but it's like the twelve inch. Uh, it'd be nice to display, anyhow. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Are you done with your collecting updates, or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. I, I read Lando this week, the whole uh, five series episodes of... Uh, yeah, that's not collecting. Lando, so awesome. I went to uh, <laughs> Toys R Us, uh, uh, com, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I ended up picking up that... Um, uh, my son James's birthday is going to be... It's in March, but uh, I found something that uh, was sold out pretty much everywhere else, and they still had some in stock. It's the, the Hover Tank from Rogue One uh, with uh, Chirrut and uh, a couple of... Uh, those Jetta uh, stormtroopers. So I, th- I got him that set, and uh, I also picked up the uh, Krennic Black series, the one that Corey was supposed to get me for like three months, but uh, hasn't gotten. I bought it, yet. it for you, man, this weekend. Oh, shut up! I'm serious. <laughs> You're serious for real? No, <laughs> I told you. So uh, yeah, so I got that, and then at the Lego store, I uh, uh, got a couple of other things. Um, like non-Star Wars related, uh, but I did pick up a, a, a Krennic keychain, Lego keychain. So now I have the, the Funko Pop, the the shuttle, the Black Series, and the keychain for Krennic. So I think I'm, I'm good for Krennic right now. Good thing you got that keychain in there. Yeah. 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 Now, now I, the set's complete. I love the, I love the little Lego keychains. They're, they're, uh, they're cool, man. I have a couple of Poe Dameron. I have a uh, Darth Vader that's on, that's actually on my key my keychain right now. So I've been carrying around a Chewbacca Lego Chewbacca on my keychain for about ooh, eight years. They're awesome, man! I love the Lego the Lego keychains. I'm not I'm not even joking. Yeah, he, he's just recently gone legless, or one leg <laughs> is gone. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Poor well, it's thing. like a, it's he's a crossover character, Chewbacca and legless. <laughs> <laughs> James, leave Tolkien at home. <laughs> the professor can stay home. I'm just kidding. J-R-R-R can always come hang out. R. Does that make people mad when you give them too many R's? No, it just makes them sound like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> well, so many dirty things to say, but uh, let's, let's move along. Move along. Move along. Move along. Uh, all right, so let's let's just pop into the news here. Um, I, I really don't know what to talk about this week. It's, it's <laughs> almost as if no, nothing really happened. Well, you you want to know what's funny about that? We we talked about this many times, just saying you know we kind of got re- word of Ryan's trilogy, but we don't know anything about it. And now we're saying Solo and Rebel, like Rebels coming to an end, and Solo. Then after that, it's going to kind of be the void until Episode Nine. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Well, we're still going to get that void. There's not. I don't know that there's going to be any content to watch on screen, but there's going to be plenty to talk about. Which yeah, plenty of news from all different sorts of vent, well, avenues and medias. Sure. Well, okay. Let's kick it off here. So early was it early in the week? I guess so. Right. It was. It was maybe last Tuesday or so. We learned that we were getting a new series of films from Game of Thrones writers David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. 
which was wow, like shocking, jaw dropping news. <laughs> Another one of those where were you moments? What what did you guys get from all this? Are you are you sh- as shocked as I was? Yeah, I was I was kind of floored, man. To be honest. Well, it, okay, let's huge. just put our cards on the table right here for just for a second. Collectively here, how many Game of Thrones watchers do we have? I, I haven't watched it, but I know it was written by George R. 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 Martin. <laughs> R. Uh, yeah, so I think then collectively with four guys here who Game of Thrones is aimed squarely at, we have a grand total of one episode watched. Wow. I watched the first episode and not that I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was okay, but it didn't grip me or pull me in. So eh, I don't know what I don't, I don't know these guys very well. Obviously Benioff and, and Weiss has been plenty said about them in, in this last week, but I'm excited, man. How can you not be? Are you yeah, guys ex- excited at, at least at this point? Yeah, I'm excited, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of news at the same time, which is kind of odd to me again with, Everything they have on the immediate horizon, hearing all this stuff right now, it's like, why? What's going on? Like, I think uh, Troy at the turd, uh, Nerd Room was saying that. Um, <laughs> Did you just say the Turd Room? <laughs> Sorry, man. Anyway. Oh, God. You, I'm going to leave this in. You I'm better just going to leave that in. in. I was just going to say, you better not cut that out. <laughs> Either way, no. Nope. Corey's gonna have to earn that. Have to have to live with that one. Oh, anyway, man, terrible. He, he was saying something about the the shareholders, maybe, or something. You know, like first seeing like some kind of economic crisis, maybe, and just trying to calm people's nerves. So, I don't know. That's that's a possibility, but I, I just think it's really odd that with again all this stuff on the immediate horizon, they're they're kind of throwing all this crazy news at us, and all at the same time, it's like why not wait a bit and divvy the news out. Like that seems to be the case over the years that you get a tidbit here, a tidbit there, but this is like all kinds of stuff coming at the same time. It's like what's going on with that? Well, when I hey, heard Carlos, the news, you got, you got any thoughts? So I was gonna say, if I, when I heard the news, like uh, they could have said, uh, yeah, it's a new series of movies from Abbott and Costello. From it could have been anybody, and I was just excited because they're dropping news. That's to me whether they they wrote for Game of Thrones or. It, that that had no consequence at all as to my excitement level uh, because I, I've never sat down to watch Game of Thrones. So I'm not a fan. I'm not a hater. I, I just, um, you know, it's just over my head as far as like, you know, what I'm watching right now. But the the fact that it's a new Star Wars series and they're willing to give them a series of movies, whether it be two, three, four, maybe it's not a, a, a trilogy but it could be just uh, you know just a sequential type of storytelling. I thought it's I thought it's awesome, especially since we already know that we're getting a Ryan trilogy. Like it's yeah, man. What what do you think about this? Like the wording there. Like I gotta kind of touch back on my boys at the nerd room. <laughs> uh, Tim was kind of saying because I had the immediate same kind of feeling too. Like just the way they worded it with series of movies. They're not saying like one, two, three, four, five, or like a trilogy or whatever. They're just leaving it kind of open-ended. So is this, this could be a possibility for their their new upcoming streaming service as well. It might not even go to the big screen. Straight to Disney uh, streaming, you mean? Like a, like a yeah, like they could sell maybe like a thing. bit of a big, yeah, like say like a, a 10, 10 episode miniseries or something where like each episode's like 
an hour long. Now you know, it's we, 10, yeah, 10 hours. we need to be clear. This is not this. Th- these are movies. It's not a miniseries. So well, that's the thing. Like yeah. they did call it films. Yeah. So, so I, you can have like ten. But that, that doesn't that doesn't exclude the possibility that yes, they could be dropped on their streaming service. That that could happen. Sure. But I don't. It's just the word, the, the word series kind of throws me off there. It, it more aligns with television in a way. Um, and who knows? Like this could be uh, the thing you. Another thing that jumped right out me at too. Like uh, as soon as I had read the article, like or heard the news, uh, we'd heard the recent discussion of Reed uh, Morano, I believe. From um, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, that's it. So they had their eye on her. Like, you know, that could be a good fit, maybe, because these guys haven't been signed on to direct or anything, just write. So who knows, man? And again, that, that kind of coincides again with the TV or at least longer series of, of like an HBO style thing, you know, the home box office. I don't know. It's, it's a, It could be a play on words, possibly. HBO stands for what? <clears throat> home, home box, box office. office you know i got it um <laughs> i I, th- I think it's possible that this this news came out timed because we're expecting big news on the uh lord of the rings uh amazon front and i think this is like direct competition so I'll, Within a few days, I, I expect to hear something about their series of mini movies, mini series of films, and whatever it is that they're putting out mm-hmm. on their. That's streaming, a good point. That's a, that's a really good point, especially like when you hear Kathleen Kennedy when like she quote she can be quoted as saying, uh, "What is it? Their command of complex characters, uh, depth of story, and rich, richness of mythology." Like it seems like these guys are almost better so suited for Tolkien in a way, but Tolkien and Star Wars are kind of very similar. Uh, like story-wise, I would think. So that's what kind of leads me to believe that these guys are going to be writing kind of... I, I, I'm seeing, I'm not seeing KOTOR or, you know, Knights of the Old Republic or anything, but I, in my head, I'm kind of almost seeing Knights, almost like a, a medieval vibe to Star Wars, like something grand, epic. Well, like, that's, that's let's play a little word everybody jumped to, right? Can I do a word association right now? Like, if... if uh, Lord of the Rings is to Charles Dickens, Star Wars is to... Which comic book writer? Because yeah, they're Dr. not Seuss. the same. They're not the same at all. Like I've, I've, I've. Uh, James uh, threw me a couple of pages from uh, this, uh, the Silmarillion, and uh, I mean, this is complex writing. I, I don't know. It's, it's two different things, but they play in the same kind of mythology. Yeah, but you have to be careful and... when you say that. Oh, they're, they're they're kind of the same thing. They're they're not well, in the same universe at all, at all, at all, at all. No, I think no, it's I think what we're getting at is that there's Star there's a reason why. From... No, I, I think Corey, what, you, what you mean, yeah, it's very simply, is that there's a reason why there's so much overlap between Star Wars and Tolkien fans. It's because of the fantasy aspect. But I, either way, the, these guys, I don't see them doing like a. I think my cousin Nathan had asked on the Tumbling Saber Facebook page, "Do you see like a possible Firefly like aspect to this?" Which to me kind of harkens to Rebels as well. You got this whole crew, this intimate vibe. I don't see that being the case in this. Like I see these guys like. What are they doing right now? They're doing this this huge epic world building thing, you know, like and it's it's fantasy. So I I I would think they were hired to do something somewhat similar. Isn't it isn't it funny though that because you know the world that we live in now, people kind of fall into two camps of either hater and uh, lover. But suddenly, 
until this news dropped, Game of Thrones was the best show on TV. These guys get named as writers, and suddenly there was so much Game of Thrones sucks coming out. Well, I'd never that... seen that before. That is, it was just the most bizarre thing happening. Oh, it's because there's a huge portion of Star Wars fandom that, and us too in- included, like we want inclusion and all that, but some people take it to the next level. Like I have to trust Kathleen Kennedy as the, the head of Lucasfilm. Like she said, these guys feel right for this job. Like it's not because they're men or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, well, and we don't I know what the really... job is either. That's the, she knows <laughs> what she's hired them for. And we have, we're guessing. So mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. That's a very good point also. Yeah, we, and that's the thing, right? We don't know a single thing about this, and we're not going to know a single thing about this until the, they're not even getting to work on this until after they're finished Game of Thrones, the final season, which is not until next year. How would you guys feel about this? Like me personally, like I'd love to have some force. I'd like I'd like it to be force related, uh, like a Sith war or something, like an, maybe an ancient thing. But more likely, I would think, how's this, man? What would you guys feel about? like a Guardians of the Wills, like a Knights Templar kind of thing where they don't necessarily use the Force, but they're like the Guardians of. You could any you could throw out anything right now, and I, I'd say, cool. Mm-hmm. If they're going to build a series off that, great. I'm I'm down. Yeah, I, I'm sort of with Kyle on that. And for some reason, Corey, I, what I'm imagining is not far off what you're saying, but I see them, I see them being Force users, but without the technology. Like, that would be cool. Force users I'm down. with... with, with you know, before more... lightsabers. Yeah, before lightsabers, exactly. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, not even before well, that's lightsabers. What we're, doing, right? we're conjuring all these images from the arena that they play in, in Game of Thrones. We're, we're pulling all this medieval stuff from that show and sort of applying it to the Star Wars mold and saying, well, they're going to do something with slightly more primitive with but Star Wars. Which... Listen to this. I saw this uh, in the Art of the Last Jedi. There was the coolest thing, like on one of the first pages. Like it was a primitive lightsaber, and all it really was was like it was like wood and like uh, cloth wrapped around uh, a kyber crystal. So there was no like magnification or whatever like focus point that it had to be in inside this casing or whatever. It was just the Jedi could still use it. It was like a primitive one. It was so cool. I I do remember that picture that you sent. It was pretty cool. Hey, at what point do we have to uh, show any concern over the fact that these two guys also wrote Wolverine's uh, Wolverine Origins, whatever that that really awful Wolverine movie? They did the screenplay for that. Honestly, like when I heard that news, <laughs> I, I was really disappointed. I was like, "Ooh, yeah!" That movie but is they've all done good ones horrible. and bad ones too. Like even so, like Lord of the Rings is maybe my favorite trilogy, arguably of all time. Sorry to say that on this podcast, arguably. Um, but the Hobbit's like my least favorite trilogy of all time. Same dude. So like, yeah, you I can't, suppose, you can't put yeah. all your eggs into one of their, you know, baskets that they, that they've done. They've, uh, these guys have a, a body of work and you, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too concerned over one movie that I didn't love. And it's 10 years ago as well. Well, and the other thing here, which is, which is weird. One of those angles that people take when they want to slag these guys is that, Game of Thrones was at its best when it was basically adapting J-R-R-R-R or G-R-R, whatever his name is, Martin's work. <laughs> that's when it, that's when it was at its best. They, they, they just had to take his work and spin it into this TV show. And then once they the TV show kind of went past what was available to them, now it's suddenly fallen apart and these guys are to blame for it. It's weird how these narratives sort of spring up 
when you want to find an angle to be negative. That's when it's convenient. It is bizarre. But again, like we don't have anything to go on. So all we have is excitement. And I, I'm definitely excited. I don't know what this means when it's when they say series. I don't know if, if it's open-ended so that if, the, if they want it to be two, okay, technically it's two. There's your series. Or could this be like six or seven movies? I, I think it'll probably depend on what the idea is and how how us as fans receive it. Yeah, I think it's but open-ended. I'm, I'm incredibly excited. Yeah, I, I don't think they have – I mean, if, if it was six, they would have said a half dozen uh, or a couple if it was two. Um, you know, uh, they, they say a series, meaning like we don't know when, how far it's going to go, but there are multiple movie ideas in the works. So we just got to take that for what it is. And we'll come back to it in about uh, 22 months. Absolutely. I, yeah. And I with this, I mean, when you fold this news in with Ryan Johnson's trilogy that he's working on, like, where does this leave standalones for you guys? Are, are those still going to be a thing or... Are are they because of the drama associated with standalones? Are they are just, they just going to park those? I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of the feeling I was getting too. Because I I asked myself the same question. Like, and you just said it, Kyle. Like, Rogue One, Han Solo, both had major major problems. So maybe it's going to be easier to, for them to do this, go this other route. You know what I mean? I don't think you can uh, decide on Solo just yet. Let's see what the box office take is. And then and then they'll make decisions. I think. Well, well, you just know right off the bat that their budget was doubled. So right away, like people are like, it was a pain in the ass. Like when they were in boardrooms and stuff. Like there must have been shareholders like in an uproar. Well, I don't know how much they have to so. complain about. Yeah. But I, I, no, you're right. I mean, whenever you make a move like this and say we're essentially doubling the budget of this film, you can't just. I mean, I know it's Disney and Lucasfilm, and they have a seemingly bottomless well of money, but they didn't get there by being careless with their money. So mm-hmm. when you say, I'm sure when Kathleen Kennedy doesn't, when she, when she goes to Bob Iger saying, we've got a problem, I'm, I can pretty well guarantee you it wasn't like a 15 second conversation where she goes, Bob, it's not working out with uh, Lord and Miller. We're going to have to move on to somebody else. I'm thinking Ron, Ron Howard. What do you think? Cool. Do it. And they just hang up the phone. Like, I'm sure there's a business case made and it's formalized and it's put in print. And a lot of swearing. Yeah, a lot There's of questions asked. That's what I'm lot... saying people aren't happy about having to spend a couple extra million dollars. <laughs> no, no, there, there, there were questions asked, and I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of hand wringing and a, does this really, really need to happen? And Kathleen makes her case, and you know, we find ourselves in this spot where maybe they're questioning this whole standalone thing. I, I, I still happen to believe we're going to get Kenobi. I think that's just too tantalizing, and if. If old rumors were true that Stephen Daldry was actually working on something, um, I, I think I think we're too far down that road, or maybe they're too far down that road to give up on that idea. It's just, it's 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 too feel, great to not do. I feel like that guy shot himself in the foot there by by tweeting that out there back in the day. Who was that guy's name? Plexico Burris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still I still gotta believe Kenobi's gonna happen. It's it. With Ewan being right at that perfect age and saying over and over that he'd love to do it. And I, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think once they get that out of the way, I think standalones go away for a while. And it, the void gets filled by not only this, you know, not only uh, Johnson's trilogy and uh, these the Game of Thrones guys, but also the, these multiple TV series that are coming. 
Now, if that wasn't enough, man, we Bob Iger, I think the next day, news came out from uh, the, an earnings call that Bob Iger had with shareholders, and he announced a new, like, um, here's what he said. We're developing not just one, but a, a few Star Wars series specifically for the Disney direct-to-consumer app. We've mentioned that, and we are close to being able to reveal at least one of the entries that is developing that for us. And he goes on and on, but good lord, multiple. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm full on losing my mind here with, with all the stuff that's going to be coming. It's a good problem to have as a podcaster. Like, we're going to have so much to talk about. I don't know how we're going to fit it all in, but James, as you like to say, that's, that's a problem for future Kyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, 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 that that's poor the sucker. Thing <laughs> oh, that poor <laughs> what a, that idiot. <laughs> I, I think the variable here that we got was uh, this whole uh, the writers from Game of Thrones coming into the deal because if they're not involved with one of these possible TV projects, you know, if if, if that's incorporated in this, then maybe it kind of makes a little more sense. But that's that's the variable that says whoa because I mean we knew we had like you said Kyle we have Ryan Johnson's trilogy which is we're like oh wow awesome and well not all of us I guess <laughs> but uh, the way, the two TV shows we knew we kind of had uh, a live action in the works we knew it was coming and we kind of also know that there was an animation eventually going to hit the screen as well so that's two right there so I'm kind of expecting it's just this whole news with uh, the the other series of films which is like holy cow what is going on now so do you think we're going to multiple movies per year in cinema i doubt it no i i doubt it as well i'm with carlos yeah I, i'm kind of happy with one per year i think if they if they handle this in an alternating fashion one year ryan one year uh game of Thrones guys i think that that works for me and you just you know stuff in those gaps with with Tons of TV stuff. I think that's a beautiful formula. Maybe they're doing the Kenobi series. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that uh, Mark and the guys at TSW have been heavy on. That, and what a beautiful thing that would be to have a, a, a Kenobi series on the Disney app. Man, would that be sweet? But yeah, I'm I'm definitely seeing these Game of Thrones guys as doing f- like films in the theater. Something you'll have to get off your butt and go see. Um. And then the TV stuff is all complimentary. Do you think they could do what what uh, Cloverfield just did? Ads asked asked us this once, right? And we said it's 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 impossible. You could not do it, and maybe you can't. But now at least they might have the opportunity, which is to just drop a movie in the Disney app and say, "Ta-da! Here's two hours of, of Star Wars cinema." You didn't know. It's very possible now, right? Well, they save a lot of money. Uh, in uh, in advertising, which is pretty much half their budget, uh, for uh, for a, a particular release, uh, when you know that it's going to be on your on your proprietary um, streaming service, well, you you'll still throw a few uh, ads out there, try to get people to subscribe to the to the uh, to the service itself. But uh, they're gonna have a base of consumers who are. Yeah, what better? What better way though? Hey, movie drop today. Oh man, I don't have the app. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, you'd be kind of silly to get caught with your pants down in that situation, knowing that they're gonna have <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff coming anyway. So you, I mean, I, who here is 
maybe maybe not James, but I mean, who's not going to jump straight on as soon as they say, okay, we're launching, uh, let's say January 2019. I think we're all, I mean, as soon as they they open the doors, like I'm going to just subscribe to that. Oh yeah, for sure. And we're g- they're going to give us a taste of what we're going to get as well. Not like, only this that, is what we have planned. We're going to get all the pre- previous movies. We're going to get like you know a ton, a ton of back catalog. It's I think I think it's just it's common sense. And hearing that it's going to be less than half the price of of Netflix, so just bring it on. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot easier to get that and and cancel uh, one of the the theme packages I have on my cable that I don't even watch. Like oh, by that point, like I've discussed it with my wife. Once the the Disney app comes out, we will be really close to ready to just cut the cord, and I'll figure out what I do with my love of sports. Yeah, that's what that's what keeps me tied to cable right now. Yeah, Otherwise, me too. that's the only thing. Yeah, same thing. I I don't know what changes. I you know digital antenna is not going to do it. So no, there's do you buy like NHL Center Ice or do you buy there's NF- the th- NFL Sunday Ticket or whatever it is. There's the zone. Which is a, a streaming uh, a live sports uh, live sports app, but hmm. uh, I don't. It doesn't have like you know they have to go by CRTC standards, and there's like blackouts that are enforced, and it's, it's garbage, man. Like just open it up. Uh, one one day we'll we'll live in a world where the blackouts don't exist on live sports, and that will be a beautiful day. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, but you're right. But yeah, we're we're close to that point. If if I have Netflix and this Disney app, there's going to be more than enough there for me to watch for sure. And I, I I'm not going to speak for you guys too, but I I would imagine that would be the case. Yeah, I'm oh, gonna have to get the Amazon uh, thing too now that they've that's where Lord of the Rings is dropping their stuff. So between those two yeah. streams and uh, and Netflix, I think I'm all set. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's, it's just going to keep coming. But now when you look at this. <clears throat> And you just got to imagine that Disney wants to dominate everything now. So they're going to be full on in streaming. They're going to be packing the cinemas. And one of these TV properties is destined as well just for the ABC network. I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. They're just going to have something everywhere. And at some it's on some level, one's going to feed into the other. So you're going to want to have all three. And they're going to... Oh, for sure, you're going to get... A, if you're watching something on ABC... And that, and then maybe that's the hook to keep you from dropping your cable package. Is mm. they put another series there, so you got to hang on to that. Or but they'll, they'll maybe promote. It'll, maybe it'll be a pay as you go on on YouTube, which is also a new thing. Yeah, YouTube TV, right? And uh, but besides that, I mean Netflix. Yeah, I think we're I think we're all on board here. Like, I think this is just going to be great. It's going to change the game. Like Netflix oh, yeah. already changed the game. But it's just going to get that much more. It's going to get intense. Yeah. The, the competition yeah, for your this, dollars is going to get fierce, man. This is the biggest competition they have to look for. And all other networks as well. They're looking at Disney as the, like, the, the one to beat. you know. So everyone's going to have to bring their A game at this point. Well, I'm not too That's sure good. about that. <clears throat> That's com- good. You said something. Competition for your dollars. I don't know. I, 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 look, at, I look at it and I think... Yeah, there's going to be more collusion involved than anything else, like to try to keep the prices higher. <laughs> You're so negative, just Carlos. Like, just like gas people stations. don't collude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> co- collusion, the word of 2017. Either oh, way, I, th- I I think we can all attest to this. Like, well, well, I'll I'll say me personally. Anyhow, the I know Carlos isn't on the same page here, but the animation 
has just so it's it just came through for me so much and i i adore it but i'm looking forward to that and i'm pretty sure we're getting more of that i don't know if filoni is still gonna have his hand in it or if he's gonna go live action now if life if he takes one of these live action series that's awesome but in the long run i think i could say this for all of us have we not our whole lives in a way kind of waited for a star wars live action television show like we've heard it coming we've had rumors for decades now at this point oh i think we're getting one uh like uh, i'm it just <laughs> never kind of came to fruition i'm happy we haven't so far uh with the the quality of of tv uh especially during the 90s i'm happy they waited <laughs> until they have like that's real a blessing uh, it's a ble- you're right it's a blessing in disguise yeah. like now they have all this kind of amazing technology now as well that it's gonna be amazing. Like I, I've I've waited for this, and I I have to say I'm super anxious. It's gonna be well. amazing. Just to get a no. little, just a little information. Just where are we where are we playing in? What sandblocks? What timeline? Yeah. Where are we gonna be? Well, fingers and crossed just, it works out, right? That's it. That's all there, I could say. There is so much. I mean, we're not even gonna bother at this point. Maybe we'll come back to this some other time. But speculating on who's gonna do a project, where, on what timeline, and what part of space. At this point, it is. It's, it is absolutely pointless to even bother with that, I, th- I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's uh, hop over to the the Bresna bomb. Anthony Bresnikin was back last week doing what he does. And uh, we, we've learned a bunch of stuff about Han Solo, the movie, and the characters within. So uh, let's just kick some stuff around. I, I don't know if we're going to hit on all the bits here, lest we be here for four hours, which I can't do. Um, but I... I guess I wrote down a few things here, and I don't know if you guys did, but uh, we'll throw around some things here. So one thing about Han, and I'll take this as a quote from one of the bits. I think the main thing that's different is that the Han we meet in this film is more of an idealist. And this is Aaron Reich talking to EW. He has certain dreams that he follows, and we watch how it affects him as those dreams meet new realities. Realities that are harder and more challenging than he'd expected. And so I, to me, I think that's pretty much con- confirmation on something that I'd been thinking that uh, the Han we first meet is not going to be the cynical grump that we meet in A New Hope. There's going to be some innocence, a little bit of Luke Skywalker naivete to this Han Solo that we meet. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to actually build into the Han that we know. Yeah, I love that. Uh, another little um, thing I read from... Um, uh... Kira's character, or the actress who plays Kira, she was saying that Han is, like, really, if you look at the film as a whole, he's a piece of everyone. Like, he's got a little bit of Kira, a little bit of Lando, a little bit of uh, Beckett. Like, he takes the Han Solo we know at the end of the film is uh, kind of like an amalgamation of those characters in a way. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, also about her, is it says... It, it's pretty much confirmed that she's a bit of a love interest to him. If they've known each other for a long, long time, but that she is going to be sort of an old flame to this guy. And that's Corey, sort you of said you were going to be mad. Feathers. It's his Winnie. <laughs> no, nope. you said way, you were going to be yeah. mad, Corey. You said he couldn't have a love interest. You said that was cheating on Leia. I'll find it. I'll oh, find whatever. the tape. It's like episode uh, five. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Like. I, well, I think what I really said was I don't need him making out with her on the Mal- uh, on the Falcon. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think I, that I, was I, a caveat. I, I, I've been saying for a long time that I feel like he's going to have his heart torn out. 
Like, I think he's going to fall for her, and she's just kind of <laughs> – she looks shady to me, to be honest. Like, And it, it provides that perfect uh, way for him to kind of fall into that void that he does with Chewbacca where he kind of wants to be alone. Like, he's known her for so long, and in the long run, she plays him, like, super hard. She even says something about trust being a big thing in this movie and who do you trust, and I think she's really going to just burn him in a bad way to the third degree. Well, there's, there's a bit about this um, that reminds me of James Bond, the Daniel Craig version of, mm. where, you know, when they, they first started that whole thing up with him. Vesper Lind. Uh, Vesper Lind, right? And, and I kind of likened, I think last week, Kira to Vesper Lind, that she, he's going to be all about her. He's going to be totally into her, in love with her, and she's going to backstab him. And it's going to build into this, this cynicism and mistrust it. He almost seems to have about women in A New Hope. And that, that's, that's exactly what happens in uh, Casino Royale. What an so actress they're, they're... Ava Green is. Wow. Yeah, she, she's she's smoke show. She's fo- yeah. But she's kind of forced into that as a way, in a way. Well, a I, Kira, I mean, Kira could be forced into this as well. I mean, I think she's faking it. This, all this success and artifice. I think it's, I think it's fake. Well, I think and she, I, you're, you're led to believe after her interview that she, she says it straight up. She's a, she's a con just like him. And, She's just fighting to survive herself. Well, here, there's a there's a quote about her, her in the piece. So, Han grows up on the main streets of the galaxy with one friend, a fellow cast-off, Kira, played by Game of Thrones' Amelia Clark, who becomes this galactic noir's mystery woman. And in the quote, she has a couple of guises, but, essen- but essentially she is just fighting to stay alive, Clark says. In other words, don't be fooled by her character's elegant facade. If you've got a glamorous, really glamorous lady in a really sordid environment... You kind of know the glamour is hiding a few rough roads, Clark adds. And I, th- I think through the chat that Bresnikan had with her, I almost see her as sort of the inverse of Han at that point. Like He bumbles from scam to scam, but she's probably a lot smarter and more manipulative and ultimately successful because of it, even though it's fake, I think. But yeah, I, th- I think she's a fraud and has just managed to bury that, bury her past beneath whatever success she does have. Anybody want to challenge that? No, nope. I feel like the same thing. Like maybe she's got herself into something over. She's in over her head, and uh, she uses him for her own means. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's life. No, is, doesn't that happen to everybody? Doesn't that like? I mean, I, I think it's cool that it's like uh, there's no. Uh, we need to save the galaxy thing. You know, it's like no. The real the real struggle here at first, the formative years you know, come down to, you know, people and like learning how to become a person, how to, you know, uh, how to build walls uh, to protect yourself. I'm sure there's a lot of that. Like when we see Han in uh, in episode four, he's like, uh, yeah, come with me. Oh, yeah. he, he's, got a full- he's like, you know, has this exterior. But as soon as he's alone with True, he goes, oh, man, this is exactly what I needed. You know, go get the Falcon ready. You know, like he... Oh, for sure. He he shut himself. It's it's him and Chewie. That's it. That's all he's looking out for. Like he shut himself off from everyone else at this point. Like he doesn't want like another crew or he's done with society in a way almost. Yeah, he's. I think Han in in the OT or at least in a New Hope has some serious trust issues. No, big time, big time. But then and then Chewie you look at literally him in Jedi, is the only person he'll trust. You look at him in Jedi, and then he's a goofball. It's like he kind of loses that edge, you know. 
Oh, okay, like, fine. If you don't love me, all right. I won't stand in the way. Like, that's not haunt. <laughs> dude, it's a three-year time span. I don't care. It's really douchey, man. It's like, stand up for yeah, what you believe in. The, the haunt from episodes four through six. By by the time you get to six, it's it's a, di- a bit of a different character. Yeah. Which I guess, you I mean, you want that. You don't want the guy to be, to be the same. I mean, things had to yeah, move he forward. he grew. I like that about him. Like, he, I was like, hey, look, he, he matured, like. Did he mature or did he just get soft? No, man. I think that's the right thing to say. Hey, man. Like, it is what it is. Just want you to be happy, girl. <laughs> if that was my, How about if, Beckett? If that was my girl, it would be a DL44 to the face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not to her, to the guy. To the other guy. <laughs> her brother. No need to clarify, wait, 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 buddy. wait, wait, wait. Sorry? What was that? Like, that was his, that was her brother. It's like, oops. <laughs> Dude, that was totally unnecessary. So who who, yeah, who was talking about Tobias? Corey, was that you? Yeah, yeah. let's yeah, let's do that, man. Like I I've kind of changed. I'm changing my tune on this guy a bit now. I think I might have. I th- I think I might screw up on the on your questionnaire now. But from what I read in this thing, I'm kind of feeling like Han is the one that's kind of bugging this guy to join his crew, and then at a point, Tobias reluctantly says, "Okay, come on, got come on board." And I think Han's going to learn a lot from this guy in the sense that, yes, he's a badass, tough guy, but at the same time, he's he's got his heart in the right place. Like, he's the Woody that we know, you know, from Cheers in a way. Like, even though he's a bad guy that does bad things, like, I think he's going to teach Han that he's, he's going to have that soft spot still. And that's what they talked about in this. And he has a soft spot for Han. I don't think he's going to be the one to betray him. I think he's going to be the one that's, like, saves him. Did you ever watch Han- Cheers? I'm I'm just confused because <laughs> this character is nothing in common with with the the the, the dumb as a doornail Woody from Cheers. <laughs> I'm saying he's that so he's innocent. Have a soft... He's from Iowa or wherever the hell he's from. He's like this, you know, this innocent, happy-go-lucky guy. This guy looks like he, the world is beating him down, and he's like a, a tough, aggressive, like gruff character. Well, Corey, he, he Corey confuses the Woody from Cheers and the Woody from Natural Born Killers because he thinks they're very similar. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, like I just think that uh, his his character is not what I originally thought. I think he's he's gonna be he's gonna have a soft spot, like Woody from Cheers. He's gonna be a bit of a softy, but no, no. In the long run, he's gonna be very tough, gruff, like you said. Like, and he's not gonna want to hire Han. Like, even in the trailer, you kind of see it. Like, he's looking at him. He's like, uh kind of like I got a job. Are you in? And he's just like, kind of looks at Chewie, and he's just like, Yeah, we're in. You know, like. And I, I honestly think, I don't know if this guy's going to really screw him over. I think he's going to maybe screw him over and then come back and, like, help him. Be like, no, like, this is the right thing to do, kid. Like, you're a good good dude, you know? Well, I think if, if this is just a ragtag group of criminals getting together, I think this it's all sort of every man for himself. Like, we'll work together for as long as we need to, but if it comes down to it, I'll, I'll throw you under the bus. If it means a, a, a bigger score for me, tough breaks, kid. You're done. The usual suspects in space. What's that, James? The usual suspects in space. It it depends on what the mission is and what the context and what the the payouts and all that stuff. Like if it really depends on what they're trying to accomplish. If it's money or if it's like people, then you got a like a bit of a a dilemma there. Like, are you gonna just kill all these people or you know what I mean? Like, it makes it a little more deeper in that regard. A little more harder to make a decision. Like. 
Well, we, we did. We, kind of... we learned a little bit. I mean, we we learned that Tobias is putting together a group, which presumably is to, for this heist that that is going to take part, that is going to happen in the film. We don't know what they're stealing, but we know that Han and Chewie and Tobias are involved in stealing something from that that double sided train that we saw. It's called the Conveyex. We don't again. We don't know what's in there, but I'm I'm in my brain at this point. I I'm thinking that. Like Kira is sort of an inside man or inside woman, uh, inside of Dryden Voss's group, and Dryden Voss is the Paul Bettany character, and she's maybe feeding Tobias info, like sort of on the down low. But then um, it, it, there's all kinds of double crossing going on, and I think that you know, if, if Han and Chewie are brought in to steal this, like physically be the ones to steal it, that Woody is using these guys as, as patsies. Like, let is, them take uh, the fall, and I'm going to run off with the cargo. Is it possible? Did, wasn't the first Death Star powered by a giant kyber crystal? Correct. Could they be trying to steal that? They could. Hmm. I mean, I yeah. Know, they, they, they've that's... been dealing with that on Rebels, so I'd see that being redundant in a bit. Well, I mean, the Empire was was taking all of them for their own use. So, it. I mean, yeah, it would be consistent if they... If if it turns out that they're stealing kyber crystals and Han's group wants to steal it back so they can sell it, it, it would be consistent, but it would be kind of boring. I hope they're not doing that. Hmm. Anyway, if, if it turns out to be a, a kyber crystal heist, cool, whatever. I mean, I don't know that it's ultimately that important what they are stealing. It's I think it's the act and the plot that circles around the heist that will ultimately drive Han forward. So. Well, regarding the heist, like, I just want to touch back. And I, th- I think, yes, he might as have hired them as patsies. Like, you see several scenes where, like, Chewbacca's wearing their gar- uh, goggles and they're holding on to that crate or whatever. But I honestly think he hires him as a pilot. Like, I think he believes in him that much. And I think the trailer that we saw was really geared toward that best pilot in the galaxy. Like, all that stuff. Like, I really think, like, you can't take taking, that like, quote seriously, though. He says that about himself. You could you could think that if someone else was like, that's the best pilot in the galaxy. <clears throat> well, you kind of see it in the trailer, the way he takes out that TIE fighter. Yeah, and, it looks pretty badass. I don't know. Like, I, I, I honestly think that Tobias is, in a way, going to be like saying, like, oh, I'm taking a chance on you, kid, but you're the one we need for this mission. You know, you're just crazy enough to maybe possibly pull it off. Well, like everybody's going to have a, like the role. Like, so Han's the getaway pilot. Uh, Chewie's the muscle. Kira's the... The one on the inside, he's yeah. the brains, that kind of thing. Yeah, and like his his counterpart, uh, we get the impression again that that Val, uh, played by Tandy Newton, she she's been with um, Beckett for a while now, supposedly. Like mm-hmm. they're more or less a team, and she really she's not happy about having Han on board the team. Like she sees that he's young, brash, not mature, uh, reckless. He's gonna be in. He's gonna endanger the mission. For sure. So pretty much right, well, uh, the Italian job in space. I was going to say sneakers. Kind of. I was going to say, I, I've, I've said this like over a year ago that I hope we kind of get like a bit of an Ocean's Eleven theme. But it's like a, a Western heist, you know? Ocean's Eleven is not a Western heist. <laughs> well, just It's in Nevada, so. Yeah, <laughs> really, it is, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Spaghetti Western, not so much, but okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, all you had to see was that shot 
of you know like that that shot of the of of the blaster on Han's hip, where he unclips it from the holster, and that that right there is the money is shot very, of the whole trailer for me. You're right. It very very cool. Yeah. Um, who shot? Who shot first? Oh, can you wait for the clickbait articles on that one? As soon as Han shoots I've somebody before he gets shot at. Oh, oh, look at that. Ron Howard is blasting his old mentor, George Lucas. It's it's coming. Book it. Book it. Um, Do we want to touch on Lando? Not that we learned a whole ton about him, but I think Ooh, any I opportunity we have. I'd love to touch him in that porn fur coat that he has. I think I think something that's quite amazing here is that I think Donald Glover himself can be quoted as saying that Lando is uh, kind of a, a loopholes kind of guy. Oh, Use geez. the word loopholes. Oh, here we go. And it makes sense for his character, though. Honestly, he's not a cowboy gunslinger. Like he's the kind of guy that uh, he's a bit more refined, a uh, little more finesse, a little more edu- educated, cultured. And we even get that impression more in Rebels as well, where he's talking to Sabine like about art and all that stuff. Like you can see that he's more cultured, and but uh, he's not the kind of guy that's gonna want to get in a fist fight above using his mind first. And that's clearly evident in the comic. Like I read this five part uh, comic this week, and he says all the time, like best to use our brains over our like other like our fists. You know, he doesn't want to damage his pretty face. Well, he, yeah, Lando is more finesse than. I guess brawler. Oh, so when here's a note that I pulled about Lando, uh, of the many. But Bresnikin asked Glover, "How would you define Lando's personality as a younger guy? How do he and Han differ?" And Donald Glover said, "He likes to know his way in and out of any situation that he's in. Lando likes rules because he's somebody who's in a position to benefit from rules. And I think where that plays into the loophole part. If he knows the rules, he knows how to." Break them. Or bend them, yeah. Or bend them. But it made me immediately think of, of a line from Empire Strikes Back where um, Vader does something about the whole deal on Bespin and Lando walks away with his, fen- with his fist clenched and goes, this deal's getting worse all the time. Pray and- I don't alter it <clears throat> any further. And I think I, that that hit me because it's a situation there that Lando can't see a way out of. There's there's no loophole here. There's no there's no finessing Darth Vader. Like this He's is like, <laughs> Lobot. <laughs> Make Lobot do it. That's his loophole. Seriously. He's like beep boop bop. Lobot, wake up. Save my ass. Bail me out. Alright, so that's that, is anything else anybody want to talk about with uh with Han Solo's Bresnikin coverage? I'm waiting for more. He's always good to uh, I, I, throw in a couple of extra little tidbits uh, along the highway before we reach the the final destination. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of speculation about what's ha- what's actually going to happen in the movie, and uh, I'm less into it considering it's a standalone. I'm I'm just looking forward to watching the movie, and um, yeah, uh, I, I don't uh, my whole what's the word I'm looking for. My whole feeling about Star Wars won't be changed by this movie, whether it's good or it's bad. So it's funny, right? Because, like we talked about before, because the budget is so out of whack now with this budget or with this film, that there probably is serious pressure on their end, on the Lucasfilm Disney end, for it to perform. 
But from us as fans, like this one is I'm putting my feet up and just going with it. Yep. Oh, bro, the, the clickbait articles are already written. Just waiting. They're they're waiting just to hit send <sighs> and publish. Absolutely, for sure. Say no to clickbait, people. What Available on the, T Public. Uh, L337. Elite? What do they, they call Elite, yeah. No, I, I just want to touch base. A female droid? Robot? <laughs> <laughs> you I'm already sold on the character. Robot. It's, uh, come on, it's Zoidberg. I don't like this Leet. It's, it's kind of cheap. Like, L-E, like L-E for a girl. It's just so much Leet. What is Leet? There is a there is a story to that which I can't remember at the moment, but it's no, uh, I know, I, mean, I know. There is. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'm. I, I guess I'll have to wait till I hear it in the movie, how they actually refer to her and how it comes off. Sure, sure. But I don't. I, I, I don't want to ever talk to her. I don't want to ever call her Leet. Like, and it's a three, three, <laughs> and a seven. I I do not see E's and a T there. You got to cross yeah, the well, seven. I, yeah, I just I, I'm say not that, gonna uh, do that. I'm I'm sold on this character, man. Like. After reading the article, especially, like, she kind of, I like what they said about how she's a, kind of a bit of a mishmash of different droids, droids of her choice. Like, yeah, she upgrades herself, impro- right? Yeah. Yeah, herself. That's it, personally. So, like, and she's a female as well, which is kind of different. So, I think she's going to bring a whole new dynamic in that regard. And supposedly, her and Lando have a really good relationship. It's his droid, and she can call no, him. No, it's not. It's not. They made, they made the point to say that she's nobody's. She doesn't belong to anybody. She just happens okay, so to she, hang out okay, with Lando. So she's probably an equal partner almost. That's it. She, he, he needs her probably. You know what I mean? But I have a good feeling that she's probably going to get the K2 treatment in this. You think? Uh, well, well, she's not around after Lobot becomes his right-hand man after, from what we know. Well, if, the, if they've but made I, the choice to say that she's super independent and she belongs to nobody, uh, you can easily write this character out without shooting her 25,000 times. Oh, well, maybe not necessarily like that bad, but I, I personally don't see this. I think they, they Disney saw the value in in K2SO's death. I think a lot of people were like, wow, like that was like almost the most touching in Rogue One, like when you're, you're first viewing. I think they're going to play on that in this. And again, like when I saw the poster, I, it almost looked to me like she was the cowboy. Like just the way she's positioned in that poster, it's almost like she's wearing a cowboy hat. Like, I don't know, it just gave me that Western vibe looking at like a Western droid, whatever. But also the flick of the wrist with Hondo, uh, Lando <laughs> in the trailer. Like, I was sold right from there. The way they looked at each other and just... That's all Donald Glover too, but... Oh, man. The way the droid did it with him, I was like, I am I am on board. No, it's a, there's a cool dynamic there. And I, I, I love that, you know, if you look a little closer, you see clearly all the R2, the astromech parts that she's made up of. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah, I like I like that that whole backstory. Like, uh, or no, maybe not backstory, but like um, character. Uh, you know, the build up, like of who she is. You know, it's not just a regular like K two S O is just a, a reprogrammed Imperial droid, and um, you know, three. You almost look at K two as as a child in a way. Like he he's kind of reprogrammed but he's free-willed and he's, he's kind of learning he doesn't understand humanity so he's just like kind of trying to understand and doing his best so you notice what you just did there that was a trap i said a trap and you fell right for it <laughs> you said k2 just like it's r2 and le yeah so let's do away with this too, fleet. Like... I, I let's let's start a petition 
on uh, what you change.com or change.org. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we can officially name her I, LE or LE. What about uh, C110P? My boy Chopper. Oh. He started the revolution. Oh, God. Back off Candido. <laughs> With the Z. Chop sucks with an X. Ugh. Ooh. I swear to God, I'd slap you in the face right now. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I had the I had the Twitter handle like ready to go, and I'm like, ah, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna do it. I swear, I was gonna follow everyone you follow. Uh, same same avatar, everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you know you've made it when like somebody does a parody of of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Corey, you you could wear that as a badge of honor. I kind of like that. <laughs> All right, are we are we done with Han Solo for now? I'm done with Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> when you oh, listen to the segment back, Corey, you're going to hear yourself say more better and more deeper. <laughs> <laughs> more better. <sighs> All right. Let's 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 jump into a few listener questions here for the show. It's the binary sunset and we'll kick things off as always with ads hello boys hope you are all well so my question this week it's a quick one um but hopefully one you can get your teeth into so we are in an age where there is an abundance of star wars uh films tv books magazines uh, etc out there for us to for us to enjoy (laughs) Are we running the risk, especially with the recent news of sort of TV shows, etc., etc.? Are we in the risk that there is there is starting to get to a point where we have too much stuff? Uh, what do you think? Is that even possible? So, enjoy, have a great show, and uh, look forward to listening. Take care. Bye. And there goes ads. Thank you, sir. This is and this is a barn burner, guys. I mean, this is a conversation. All about fatigue around Star Wars and is it too much? It's going to happen. As as we go forward and start getting content about or news about these, all these new shows and movies and whatnot, uh, it's, it's something that's going to happen. And the clickbait press is going to have an absolute field day with it. Uh, unless, unless we arm fandom with proper definitions and like framing this conversation properly, giving it some parameters. And I... I think we need to define what too much means. Cause I, I think, and not by quantity. I mean, you can get really twisted up if you confuse fatigue for diluted. And there's all kinds of ways that you can frame air quotes too much. Like for me, at the end of the day, like nobody is holding a gun to your head, forcing you to consume any of it. So if you want to go with that definition, then no, there's, there's never going to be a, such a thing as fatigue. But I'm curious, obviously... To know what you guys think, James, are we can is is this too much? Are we is is there a risk of there being too much? Well, y- yes, be- only because if if you only leave the OT alone as the OT and never do anything else, then you've only got these three classic movies that everybody loves. At a point, if you keep making more stuff, you're gonna have things that are less good than others and stuff that you know a lot of people don't like. So, yeah, there's a risk. But does that mean you shouldn't do it? No, of course not. It's like Costanza leaving on the high note. Well, it just, <laughs> like, the more you make, the more, like, it can't all be good. It's just, 
It just can't. It can't all be good. So the more stuff you put out there, at some point, some of it's going to be less good. And, well, we're seeing that and, now. I mean, we saw that 20 years ago with the prequels. We were all there you go. Ra- revved up, and for a lot of people, the prequels absolutely whiffed. And move forward into this new trilogy. Some people thought, ah, this this new trilogy is, or at least TFA, reboot. It's it's the same movie. And then you move into The Last Jedi, and it, a lot of things missed with, with for, for people there. We're already seeing that. It's 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 playing out before our eyes. So yeah, I mean, in that vein, sure. But is does that again, like you said, James? It's that's a key point. Does that mean you shouldn't do it? No. I don't think it means that at all. Yeah. Uh, so fatigue. Do I think that the, that the hardcore fandom could ever be fatigued? No. Do I think that like even the peripheral, just the fact that Star Wars is Star Wars, do I think that's going to wear off because of the, the amount of stuff they're putting out? I don't think so yet. I think they'll find – there is a saturation point, and they'll, maybe they'll find it because they get you know, too greedy, too, they, they push it too far. But I don't think they're there yet, and I think, um, I think the fandom has a lot of tolerance. I, I think that they could take a lot before they get fatigued. Well, I, I think part of that is – in the wording with the Game of Thrones guys calling it a series of films. I may have mentioned that earlier, but again, if they want to leave it at two, great. If, if we find the saturation point from these guys with these guys is two, call it a day. But if the, if it's a hit, well, a series of films could, could just go on and on. Yep. Corey, Carlos, what are you guys thinking? Well, I'm saying it's all content dependent. <clears throat> again, like, uh, I do think I'm on the exact same page as James in the sense that depending how much they're throwing at us, and it seems like there's going to be a whole heck of a lot, there's bound to be a miss for for everyone. I don't think everything is going to hit on the same levels for all of us. And if it does, all the better. I'm all for that. I'm hoping for that. Uh, but Star Wars is a completely different beast. So I don't know. Like I already see fandom in its own sense kind of tearing itself apart at, sometimes. Uh, I think some people will hate it. Some people will love it. Uh, some people will be in the middle. I think a lot of the the allure and the magic to Star Wars also is the fact that it went asleep for a long time and it reawakened uh, when Disney bought it. And even before that, it's it's always been decades at a time kind of. And that's kind of led. It's made us salivate and just go crazy when we heard new news. But in the same regard, we've always kind of hoped that there'd be more. So this is our opportunity to have that more. It's now. So they got to test the waters a bit and they're, they're just going to be rifling stuff off for the next couple of years, which is, it's okay. I'm kind of worried about it as well, but I have a huge faith in the story group that they have at Lucasfilm right now in the sense that they're going to give us good content, uh, con- uh, consistent content, quality content, not just some garbage, you know, like these guys have been thinking about this stuff for years and years and they have so much to choose from, from even expanded universe, uh, legend stuff, whatever it is. They've been talking about this stuff for so long that they have a lot of st- probably cool stories to tell. So I- I'm hoping that's the case. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't really find too much there to disagree with. There was something in there that you said, but now I forget what it was. So I'll I'll, I'll go over to Carlos. <laughs> uh Surprisingly, no, I agree with Corey. Um, like, it, it's going to depend on okay, how high I'm on, uh, I, I am on it is going to depend on the quality. But I, I've 
like you guys, I've been through two Star Wars Dark Ages. Okay, there's the big one between '83 and '95 where uh, we Star Wars was done. That's that's all we had. We had expanded universe stuff. We had uh, the novels, um, and and that's it. And then they gave us Star Wars again for three more movies, and it was capped off at three more movies. And once I left the theater in Revenge of the, uh, after Revenge of the Sith, I was like, well, that's it. We're done. Like, I wish, I wish they could make more. I wish they could make more. I don't, I don't know how many times in my life <laughs> I've said, I wish they could make more. I don't, I, I'm not at one point do I foresee myself saying they're making too much because it's what I asked for. <laughs> It's yeah. what, it's literally what I asked for. And not just, I'm, 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 tens of millions of people probably have that same conversation with themselves. You have to adjust your expectations. It's never going to be like the first time you saw Empire, uh, with Luke hanging off the scaffolding. It's never going to be like that. If you adjust your own personal expectations and enjoy it for what it is, then I don't see myself ever being fatigued of star wars i'm on the i'm on the camp of more 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 like the you know the treehouse of horrors when uh when <laughs> Home, homer's should... being strapped to a chair and the devil's force feeding him donuts yeah and that's supposed to be his punishment but he's like more you want donuts more. i'll give you all the donuts in the world <laughs> a little more a little more <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm on that camp i mean of course there's something could come along you know that's that completely completely turns me off. Um, you know, but and, yeah, and that, as if that happens, you'll have somewhere else to turn, right? Like if, if you don't like the Game of Thrones guys, maybe you'll really love Ryan Johnson stuff, or exactly. vice versa, or maybe exactly. the TV series will just be so amazing that that will captivate you more than anything else. Yep, one hundred percent. I can see it from a from an maybe not a super fan perspective, but like just. Not even people that like Star Wars per se. Like, uh, I'll take my my wife for an example. She's not a huge Star Wars fan. Like, she's watched some of them with me recently, which I've been thankful for. But it doesn't move her either way. And you know, like, and I've heard this is not the first time I heard it either. In, the, in that, you know, the stickers are on bananas, paper towels, like all kinds of fruit products. Like, this this isn't even the toy section. Like, and it's throughout the entire store. So it's like Star Wars everywhere all the time. At a point, I could see people. I can't see the dilution factor in the sense that people will be like, like, I don't know. Like, I'll, there'll always be that certain amount of people that will, will consume it and whatnot. But I could see at a point like it becoming just too ubiquitous. Was Star Wars any more ubiquitous now than it was in '77 when it was like the biggest thing ever? Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Everything Star Wars. I mean, as long as the quality is there, and I, I, Carlos, I think you alluded to it. Like the quality is going to be there. I mean, Star Wars will be fine. Lucasfilm is ramping up staffing; they're hiring like crazy. I think there was a report recently that Pinewood Studios is, is expanding, and I'm sure. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I've got to imagine that is in direct correlation to uh, what's going to be an increased production schedule from Lucasfilm. It's all prepping for this. Like, if they were asking 
I mean, and this is if, if we're talking about diluting, like if the quality is not going to be there. If you're asking the same group of people who do one film a year to suddenly now do two films a year and some three TV series, well, sure, now things are probably going to start falling through the cracks and quality will slip, but these guys are ramping up like crazy. Well, I don't know. Take, take this as kind of analogy. Like, you know, there's a lot of parents out there who like scream at their kids and the kids are like, oh, at first, like, oh, my God, he's screaming. But if it's a constant thing, like at a point, the kids are just going to be like, uh-huh, you're screaming. So if it's always like, again, I think the the years and the weight between things kind of l- leads us to, to be more excited for it. Whereas if it's we got this new show starting in a week, oh, we got a movie next month. Oh, there's another show starting in six months. Like, like everything coming at once, like it's just going to be maybe a bit of an overwhelming thing, but. I'm on board. Don't get me wrong. I want to see this stuff. Like we're, if you can consider what we went through in those decades of waiting and the void in between that black Star Wars hole, uh, this is like the experiment age where they're trying to probably fine tune the system in a way. Well, yeah, I think it's it's a bit like a kid, like you said, that is kind of poking it at its parents, really like tugging at the parents' like waistband. How how much can I get away with before mom or dad slaps my wrist? Maybe that's what they're doing here. We're going to just we're going to add more content in all of these channels that we have. And when when it's too much, when we sense that our fans are saturated, we'll dial it back a bit. But ultimately, each one of us we're we're in charge of our own threshold, right? Like if you feel like you've had too much, you just tune out or you know, pick and choose the whole way through. I think we make the mistake of thinking that every Star Wars fan is a completist. Like, we're going to watch all this stuff that's coming. I don't know that most... I don't know that every Star Wars fan is going to watch everything. You know what I mean? Like, if you go... If you... um, Okay, well, let me frame it this way. Like, if we strip yeah, right, away... Right, right away, they're they're making it exclusive right off the bat. So there's that. Sure. And that, that works both ways. Some people be like, well, screw it. I guess I won't see that. Or it's a magnet that I just got to have it. But if you strip away all of this stuff that we do between films, like this right now, uh, the discussion, the constant speculation about stuff, if if it was just you and the content, you would never complain. You would just say, sweet, two Star Wars movies this year? Awesome. I'm not tired of this at all. You wouldn't. You would not get tired of it. You would just spend two hours with Star Wars and watch it a few times that year. And then, oh, I got another one to watch. You would never complain. It's It's... What we're doing right now is what I think causes the fatigue. Like we just, we don't <laughs> give it a break. Right? Like we, we, talk, we talk about it almost, I mean, we podcast about it a couple of times a week, but we talk about it every day. Well, at least, at least at this point I can say that, like we've been able to hand it, handle it, but you're right in the sense that, you know, if there's five different medias coming at us at once, then. Well, it's not. It's not going to be at once. Like, there's going to be, you know, a movie at one point in the year, and if they do a second movie in a year, which I, I don't think they'll do, but everything's going to be staggered in a way. Like, nothing is going to be so overwhelming that there's going to be three TV series and two movies to catch up with at once. Like, they're not going to bombard you that way. I don't think, anyway. I could be completely it- wrong. It's weird, though. In a way, it's almost like, like we could see the next 10 years of our lives planned out in Star Wars years again. Absolutely. <laughs> That's, that is how I'm probably going to 
end up gauging my life. But I, I, I'll just go back to that point. Like everybody's in charge of their own threshold. If if it's too much for you, dial it back. But I would, you know, I want to see all the Star Wars stories before I die. Just let me decide how much I can handle. Like if you're going to just keep giving it out, great. I will find a way to fit in as much as I can. But I don't want it to be like, well, see, I know you guys like the weight. So we'll, we're going to just stop for 15 years. No way. Like, feed me. <laughs> Give me more. I will. If I get tired of it, I'll stop. Don't worry. You'll know. Like, your fans will tell you we've had enough. But don't turn it off. Don't turn off the faucet because you want, you want to tr- think you think you want to build up some the appetite again. I don't know that, that that's really the smart way to go about it. It works for the beers. Not a 15 year gap. Yeah. Any year gap. I mean, okay, fine. Like if you want to take a, a year or so, but just <laughs> keep feeding us, man. We'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, look at Marvel, right? They keep piling on more and more in all channels, like three movies this year, three. And, and there's uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage is coming this year. So much stuff is coming from them. Plus the comic books. It's endless. It's absolutely endless from Marvel. And no one's really complaining, except, again, the, the clickbait press, who definitely want this to be a serious topic so that they can they can keep saying it and keep being the leaders. And, and oh, we're, everybody's fed up with superhero stories, but they keep making them. Like, and so I think Ant-Man was the one that they said, well, that's it. That's the story. Every, you're going to lose everybody here because no one cares about Ant-Man. And it was it was a surprise hit, so they it was amazing. It was it was it was terrific. It was so much fun, and you know they, they keep saying it and they keep being wrong. So, I, until until there's actual evidence of fatigue, I uh, I I don't buy it. I don't think it's it's a real thing. Anybody else? I just think they just gotta mind their p's and q's, man. Like just. You know, mind your experiments. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Wait, they who, just who gonna... has to mind their P's and Q's? Lucasfilm and Disney. Doesn't that just mean mind your business? Yeah, they gotta. Anyway, they just gotta look after their stuff. <laughs> they they gotta. They, they're gonna. They just gotta oh. make sure that uh, you know. I, I I believe in their team, their focus. I think they they will kind of try and do best by Star Wars, and I, I'm on board as well. Just again, they just gotta they gotta walk a fine line, and it's not an easy one to walk. I and think I business. think it's people like us that overcomplicate it. Really, I mean, because we we talk about it all the time, but the fans who consume and start discuss Star Wars to this degree is a much smaller slice of the pie than we think. The people like people like us and all the podcasters and people who listen to them, we are a relatively small drop in the bucket of Star Wars fans as a whole who tune in, who go to a movie when when it's out and when it's done with, they move on with their life. There's it's people like us who are super worried about this. Nobody else is worried about this. So, yeah, ads. (laughs) No, don't worry about it, sir. You do not need to worry about 
getting too much. You can all again, you can always adjust how much you're ready to take in. That's my more. take. A little yeah, more. Or, or what calls to you. All right. So ads. Thank you, sir. My hat is off once again. Another great question. All right. Let's go check in with some Bradley banter. It's a good one this week. Hey, guys. Bradley here this week with a couple Star Wars questions. So I know I've been commenting on the uh, Last Jedi, and I'm going to push that off till next week since we got a teaser trailer uh, this week. So uh, I'd much rather talk about the solo trailer than I would things I don't like about The Last Jedi. So, yeah, this trailer looks really good. Um, it looks like this movie is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I like the uh, feel it has to it. I love the color scheme, the the look. Um, I like uh, the uh characters that we've seen thus far in the trailer um you know we, it seems like we've got characters from each era which i think is is really cool and really important um you know that's kind of one of the things that, that i haven't liked about the more recent movies um minus rogue one is you know that we don't have some of the ot characters you know spattered here and there throughout the film and so it looks like we're going to have some of that in this uh solo movie um so far i'm like an aaron Ar alden aaron Wright, i believe is how you pronounce his name i'm liking him as han solo um thus far um and donald glover as lando man he looks so good he looks so good makes me want to go out and buy me a six pack of coke 45 um Beckett, yeah, that guy, uh, Woody Harrelson's character, he looks good. Um, the villains in it look good. Uh, just everything looks good in it. I mean, uh, I'm I'm excited about this movie. I'm looking forward to, looking more forward to it than I was uh, prior to this. So that's good. I think we're I think we're going to be in for a ride, and it's not going to be. Uh, a disappointment by any means um, so my first question is what are you most looking forward to in, uh, seeing in the solo movie are you looking forward to um, uh, the Kessel Run assuming there is one but I'm pretty sure there's going to be the Kessel Run in there are you looking forward to that are you looking forward to um, uh, the supposed train heist that's gonna uh, occur in the movie uh, or are you looking forward to uh, the how Chewie and Han meet, uh, you know, learning how that all uh, goes down? Or are you looking forward to um, the actual uh, game that takes place between um, uh, Han and, and Lando and how Han actually wins the Millennium Falcon? If in fact that's how it actually goes down, but uh, I'd say after out of all of those, I'm probably most looking forward to um, the Kessel Run just because it's uh, you know it's talked about the most and um, it looks uh, you know trying to figure out what that creature is that's in space, the uh, space octopus um, that that looks like it's 
going to be a pretty cool looking shot or scene and so um, I'm probably looking forward to that the most and maybe the the actual bet or you know the game that they play whatever that may be maybe second um, so that's my solo question um, my second question is uh, when you put in a new hope uh, do you start it from the beginning or is there a particular spot that you guys uh, like to uh, fast forward to and start the movie um, from that point and watch it on or, or are you one that just sticks it in and waits for the 20th Century Fox to pop up and the Lucasfilm uh, logo to pop up and watch it from the beginning so I'm kind of curious how y'all watch y'all's movies if y'all always do that or some of the time or what the deal is me I never I never fast forward or or actually uh, go to a particular scene you know, on my blu-ray I always start it right from the beginning every time that way it can be officially counted as being watched when I watch the whole movie all the way entirely through so um, yep so that's my questions for this week hope you guys uh, have a great week and a great podcast May the force be with you, always. Bye. There it goes. I told you it was a good one this week. Bradley is Bradley is stoked about Han Solo, as I think is is clearly evident. We're all kind of stoked. Um, so yeah, I, I like that Bradley is is sort of taking the he's putting he's parking the negativity again for another week, and he wants to talk about Han Solo. So guys, Corey, I'll kick it over to you first. What are you most looking forward to seeing in the Han Solo movie? Well, I kind of loophole it and say that <laughs> I'm most looking forward to how he gets his name. But I think that's too broad of an answer. Uh, but man, where do you start? Like Kessel Run, uh, playing Sabacc, uh, meeting Chewie for the first time. Will he shoot first? I don't know, man. Like I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say his interactions and how he ends his relationship with Lando. More because of what we see from Empire Strikes Back. Like, just the lines he has right off the bat. Like, how you doing, Chewbacca? You still hanging around with this loser? <laughs> like, how good is that? Like, Chewie's, like, totally on the same page. Like, ha, ha, ha. What's up, bro? <laughs> like, like, oh, it's good old Lando, you know? Like, like everything about him at the, in that scene. Like, what did you do to my ship? How smooth he is with Leia. Uh... And just the, the the trailer, like Donald Glover just blew it up. I think I took a uh, like some serious polls on like uh, Star Wars News Network, and I, I I clicked Lando. I was like, "What are you most looking forward to?" I said, eh, "Lando," and he was dominating the poll, kind of, which was pretty awesome. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just want to see that interaction. Who he is? Uh, I'd like to say Alden Ehrenreich, but I don't know, Lando. Childish Gambino kind of stole that trailer for me. And again, I just want to see how their relationship ends and how well it kind of leans in Han's favor. How Han comes up on top of Lando for the ship and how yeah, like how Han, how Lando can still kind of forgive him and like, what's the Lando system? Like, Lando's not a thing. Like, a system is he's a friend. I think, kind of, you know, like <laughs> so you're pretty much excited for everything. 
well, I want to see how they end it with those two. That's that's the most like how he gets the Falcon and how he kind of come how Han comes up on top by screwing over people in a way who tried to screw him over. I mean, there's a lot to look forward to. There, there really is. Yeah. Uh, James, that's it. James, what do you got? I hate to mostly agree with Corey, but I was going to also say I'm looking forward to Glover's Lando. Like, that's the thing I am most looking forward to in the movie. I think there's a lot of stuff that looks good, and I think she's Mother of Dragons in Game of Thrones. Never never hard to look at on screen, but uh, Lando, yeah, I'm all Lando too. That's, that is tough to argue with. I mean, he, I, he he's really going to steal the show. I think he might. I think that die is already cast. Well, I think people were clamoring for Donald Glover as Lando before he was even cast. And then, he, yep. And like, like, Big like time. Moses down from the mountain, the news broke. <laughs> the sun shone through and they actually just went through with it. It was like the first time ever that fans actually cast somebody in the film. Maybe he was well, their plan the whole man. time, but this was like a match made in heaven. Do you see his, his yearbook photo is a Star Wars shirt that he made. That's awesome. He's wearing it. I, I have yeah. seen the shirt, but I didn't know he made it. That's incredible. Carlos, what's what's uh, tops of your list? Uh, I hate to make it three for three, but uh, it's, I'm really looking forward to how Donald Glover takes this character and, and makes it his own, makes him, makes him cooler. Uh, I don't know. I think it's it's really cool. And I'll, I'll you know, you got to swagger. I I want I want to see like great space chases. Like we've got a little bit of it in in the in the trailer and I mean we don't know like half of the half of the so I wanted to bring this up earlier but half of the, the dialogue that we hear in the trailer might not even be in the movie. So it's like no, it's narration. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. Uh, I am looking forward to to seeing something that we haven't seen before. So, like, obviously, the Kessel Run uh, is is, yeah, is the, near Kessel, the top the, of my list. Yeah, with that, I don't know, like tornado in space, whatever you want to call it, that vortex, with the Star Destroyer, like that's got to be the Kessel Run. Like, that looks pretty amazing. And Kyle's analogy last week to like. I don't know, like uh, people on over the sea with sea monsters and that being a myth. And you, you see this, that's the real possible reason why he ran it that quickly is you, there's this giant octopus thing like in space and yeah, okay, whatever. But it's like right out of like uh, Moby Dick, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, like maybe more importantly for me, besides the whole backdrop of the plot of the movie, I just want to see is is it is it really is it ambiguous or is it really clear cut that that Han won the Falcon fair and square like oh is, it's not clear cut at all I, yeah like what what type of loophole did you know yeah Han pulls the ultimate loophole that's why I think Lando respects him in the end like he knew I was trying to screw him and he got me fair and square and I respect him for it. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, so that's uh, that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm, you know, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to, like you know, some head cannon stuff. But uh, other than that, I just wanna, I wanna be able to, like, during the last Jedi, at one point, I had to stop eating the popcorn. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do two <laughs> things at once. <laughs> and I, I got you. Yeah, and I, I just want to be able to just sit there and just munch away and have a good laugh. And you know how everybody's like so anal about 
you know, we're fine here. We're fine. Everything's fine. Like that line and, and, uh, you know, I, I just give me that. Just give me that. It's fine. It's fine. Like it really is fine. <laughs> give me, give me, <laughs> you know, make me laugh. Make me, you know, th- they're not breaking ground on this movie. There's, there's nothing that's going to be like, you know, there's no cliffhanger. There's nothing. There's, it's just like, yeah, let's go out. All we're doing is filling in the story. So it's like, yeah, man, just give me some of that stuff. Like everybody's like, ooh, too precious. Oh no. Han, I hope he doesn't kiss Kira next to the same place where he kissed Leia. Like, nah, man, grow up a bit. Corey. <laughs> Corey. That, that I'm and, not down with. Like, just. No, what about Chewie? That, that's significant. His relationship, how him and Chewie become together. Yeah. Like, that's that's to me is like a close second or third, with in the comparison to the Kessel Run, but man, there's a lot of stuff going on there between those two. Like, I really want to see the the genesis of that. Yeah, Carlos, I will I will echo something that you said about space chases. Like, I I want the Falcon unleashed. I want to see this thing move like we've never seen it move before. Ooh, that's gonna be rough. That's gonna and be not, tough, not to upstage. Yeah, that's not to, up to upstage anything we've seen in TFA or The Last Jedi or the OT, but you can do this now. You can sh- showcase the Falcon in this movie like you've not had the chance to do yet. So do it. Like, make this thing absolutely, completely off the off the rails. Go nuts with it. Show, show us how reckless a young Han is behind the wheel. And I guess that kind of, that dovetails to the Kessel Run. Yeah. You can I, I, I just want to gasp. Don't don't you like don't don't you love that the first time you watch a movie and you, you, something comes and you just go <gasps> like just you know yeah. I, I just want to be taken aback by by one or two things and and I'll be I'll be satiated. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like you said, I'm I'm not looking for this movie to melt my brain with revelations. That's not this no. movie's job, in my opinion. This is. No, it's a Western heist genre movie, man. I'm loving it. This this is Star Wars' opportunity to just entertain me for two hours and just let me go home. That's it. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think they're going to allude to or explain as to why the Falcon is so different and or dirty? Of course. (laughs) By the time we see it in the New Hope? Of course. Or is it just like the movie, like you leave it like that and... It's like, what the hell happened? We pick it up six years later in A New Hope and it's filthy. And just so you, no, yeah, you're left to be assume some, that. There'll be a Biff Tannen scene where it gets filled with manure because he rams <laughs> in the back of the <laughs> I, so I, know, I, I have been thinking about it and there's a couple of things they could do. It's, it's, you could start to see Han doing his special modifications where he actually gets, you know, he rolls up his sleeve and starts, you know, taking the thing apart. It wouldn't shock me to see a a comment in the movie from Han saying how the ship's not fast enough for him or the weapons aren't powerful enough. So you know that he's going to get to work on it or you could see I'm already predicting that that front section that we don't see in the OT is going to get jettisoned. He's going to dump that cargo. That's another thing. Like, I'm going to try and send you guys a link because to me personally, like it looks like not only does like the middle section get jettisoned, but like. It looks like it's longer. Yeah, I think what it, it, I think it gets cho- I think what happens he runs into something, damages the front and he chops it off. Yes. Yes, I was thinking the same thing as a sawed off yeah, falcon. Yeah. Well, the, the front section extends beyond where the falcon ends now. That's why it looks longer when you see it. It's that's not where it's where it's that front section stops. He's not 
jettisoning a, a rectangle. It looks like a, almost like an arrowhead piece that that snugs in there. Mm-hmm. There is a picture somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll try and find it. I don't um, know. I, I think it would look cool though if if something did happen and you see him with his goggles on. And he's like, instead of trying to weld something together, he's actually like chopping it, you know, chopping pieces off and, you know, he's doing his modifications, you know, something happens along those lines. And then you get like a, a Francis Ford Coppola uh, end of uh, Godfather part two, uh, where like uh, you kind of see, uh, you know, Michael Corleone sitting in that chair and he's like way more aged, more wrinkled, like looking over at the lake where Fredo was killed and like... It's, you know, you see Han in the Falcon just, like, sitting there, like, and now the Falcon is the Falcon that we know, and it's grimy, and it's, like, you know, stuff stuff has happened. We just get a little glimpse of that, and then, boom, Iris out. Or or we could see, we could see the Falcon get boarded, right? We could see Han panic, dump a bunch of cargo, mm-hmm. get pulled over by a Star Destroyer. Bla- blaster be- marks uh, inside, uh, turn it brown. You can see, like you can see, stormtroopers like tearing panels off walls and mm-hmm. as as they search the ship for whatever it is that they think Han stole. Like maybe, okay, fine. Here, here, how's this? They steal that thing off the conveyor, put it on the Falcon. Han dumps it, gets him, and then that gets him into trouble with with Tobias and all his all all the criminal underworld. Sort of turns on Han because he did that. Jabba. Maybe this is connected to Jabba. That's it, it, that thing is originally, or ultimately intended to end up with Jabba, and Han dumps it. Yeah, the cheap shot about the first sign of an Imperials. So right, so Han gets pulled over, and stormtroopers tear the ship apart until they found that cargo. They pull off pulling panels off walls and ripping up the floors, looking for it. And you, I can imagine Han and Chewie just kind of sitting there by the side, going, "Well, this sucks." Or, or being held there at a, gunpoint, or we get it like a TFA uh, throwback where they're being boarded and they uh, release uh, like a toxic gas, uh, like uh, one they're hiding just to try to escape type of thing, and that that gas actually affects the coloration of of what we see inside the cabin. Sure. Or, or maybe it's as simple as you, if you live with a Wookiee, this is what happens. <laughs> Probably, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I wonder if the Falcon. You think the Falcon s- smells like dirty dog hair? Yeah. <laughs> Remember Beethoven when he got out of the the, the pool and just <laughs> oh, just shaking like that's what I imagine. You know, it was really raining. Chewie was wet, and he just shook Beethoven? it off. I'd love to see che- Chewie slow mo shaking it off. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh my goodness uh okay so I, I yeah i mean we're all incredibly excited to see lando but my my big thing is i i just want to see the the falcon absolutely go nuts in this movie here, so there here. you go bradley there's there's your first question your second question bradley so guys when you watch a star wars movie do you do you skip ahead to a certain part in the movie, or do you skip over the, those the 20th Century Fox logos, the Lucasfilm stuff, and you just get to the opening crawl, like, or do you just get you know a long time ago, uh, or do you start from the very beginning? Don't touch my remote, or I'll break your fingers. <laughs> I absolutely hate any movie, not just Star Wars, but I hate when people jump over the 
the 20th century or the lion, the MGM. I need all of that. I want it all. It helps me get in the mood. And the, all movies now have like little variances on those beginnings anyways, where like the kid with the fishing pole does something different because you're, you know, depending on which movie you're watching. So I want it all. I want the Lucasfilm green logo. I want, uh, you know, if I'm watching the old version, I want the THX. Um, I want all that. And don't touch my remote because I get really pissed off. (laughs) Didn't Spielberg Um, start that with with Indiana Jones with the Paramount sign and then like the, the, the... Come away from the Paramount sign. There's actually a mountain there, and it's actually like scenery from uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Raiders. Something that's one, like that's that. an early one. Yeah, I mean, I think Spielberg might, may may have started that trend of like incorporating uh, either the logo or the the production company like into you know the, the opening scene of the movie i th- i agree with you it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool sometimes you you miss little things like that yeah no it's it's yeah i mean I, when i watch the ot specifically i i need those opening titles i need those those cards i need the the 20th century fox thing the the whole fanfare about that i need it it's it's part of it and even to this day watching watching the new films it's sort of uh I still sort of miss it. It's you know, it's been three years, three movies. I still absolutely miss it. This time it kind of slipped on, uh, went under the rug for me uh, with the Last Jedi because they they come in with the Lucasfilm. But anytime I watch the old movies, there's not a, a scene I skip through. And I like what Carlos said about Indiana Jones as well. I'll even add to that Back to the Future. There, there's certain films that you just watch from the beginning, and that's it. That like Die Hard, like there's. The intros are the best. Rolling the credits sometimes, like I don't know, there's something special about that. But especially the 20th Century Fox Star Wars thing, like I do miss that in a way. But um, yeah, growing up, that was like a that was like a Pavlovian thing for me. Like uh, you hear the uh, the drum roll, you know, and uh, the fanfare, like you were saying, and it's like you kind of wish, you kind of wish that it would be like that would come up next, you know. There was even even to this day when it's on TV, I'm just like when I hear that it's it's synonymous. Yeah, like if I if I oh, Star Wars is playing, <laughs> oh wait a minute, it's not yet. Let's see what's playing. Maybe it is. <laughs> if I see the 20th Century Fox logo on screen, and I, but you know, I haven't seen the TV listing. If if Star Wars doesn't follow, I'm like, oh, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no, that's that's it's all part of it, James. You're right. Like, don't touch the remote. I will smash your fingers. I don't care if you're four years old. You can call the cops. Do not touch the remote. <laughs> no, I, it really annoys yeah. me though. For real, it really bugs me when like my and my wife's notorious for it. She'll just she's like, "Well, we've seen this, you know," and just let's let's get to where they start talking. I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, didn't you see the Lucas film? How it kind of faded in like that? It's magical. <laughs> I'm going in my room. <laughs> you guys seen Meet the Parents? Yes. Of oh, course. Yeah. Look at that boy sitting on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that was a that was a really funny movie. Now, Terrific. just to, just to, just to clear, just to make something clear, that doesn't mean I won't fall asleep during a movie like the sofa test. Like you keep Same. coming back to the the couch test. Like I, I'll put it on. I, I'm not gonna skip through any scenes, but I might nap through some of it. Like there, you know, there are some uh, there are some scenes that um, 
that lose my attention a little bit, but I, I don't go out of my way to like skip to the next scene. Carlos, so. I'll see your, your Chesterfield nap and I'll raise you. Uh, <laughs> oh, Chesterfield. It is a Canadian show. <laughs> oh um, my I'll, I'll raise God. you a, uh, there, there's some movies I'll put on just to take a nap. Like there's some movies that like just are great for napping too. Oh yeah. One yeah. of my favorite movies of all time. And I love the movie, but I, I it's Rudy. Like there's, there's a part during the movie where it's like, I'll just like doze off and there's the music playing and he's like running through the stands and stuff. And I was like, I know what's happening. My eyes are closed. And it's like, there's something about football and naps. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just great. It's the 40 seconds between plays. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give you a bit of a loophole here, Bradley, in the sense that I don't know if you've heard this before. I know these boys probably have, but I swear to God, when we were, it was probably 86 or 87 the first, I think it was eighty six. The first time I saw Jedi, there's a and good reason I, I for that. Still remember the, f- yeah, <laughs> that that's but, when it uh, came out on on video. Oh, cool! I I just remember seeing it. My mom, my dad was away on business, and she rented it. And Kyle and I were so stoked, and we had this this unfinished basement. And regardless, I had probably seen it, wolf ten twenty times at this point. But there were times where like oh, I'm watching Star Wars by myself, like in the basement. I'm like six years old, and when it would come to Palpatine zapping Luke, like I'd seen the outcome. I knew it was coming. I know how it ended, but if Kyle wasn't with me or I was by myself, I wouldn't even have the courage to reach for the remote and stop it or fast forward it. I would just run up to the top of the stairs quickly. Cause I was like, he's going to get me <laughs> like run up the stairs, wait out the scene. Cause I knew it by heart at this point and kind of just like go back down after I knew everything was kind of cool. Back to Ewoks. <laughs> Safe. Yup, nub. Indeed. I woke so up to that song go. in my That's head. <laughs> Yub nub this morning. I don't know why. Actually, you know what? Uh, to, to pick up on the whole napping thing, naps are very important. They're so underrated, but I, don't, I, I do not mean offense to the great game of golf, but I will put on golf and just nod off, and it's just... One of the most amazing things ever. Like it's because golf, I mean, golf courses on TV, they're just so nice to Dude, look that's at. That's the secret. That's the secret. Like Bro, nothing like, works for me better than you know, short of going on a vacation myself. Like just watching these guys play Pebble Beach or wherever they are, and it's a nice sunny locale. And the guy's talking about quiet and soft. He's like, and now he steps onto the tee, Tiger Woods. Bro, didn't that? That's like the unwritten rule. Like that's the kind of thing where you're just like. Babe, I love golf. I have to watch my golf. And it's like, haha, afternoon nap time. <laughs> Davis Duvall got a tr- quadruple bogey here on, on the 17th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. And Oh, you know what? I also, uh, not only do I have to watch the opening card, like title cards and all that stuff, I, I will sit, especially with Star Wars, I will sit right through to the end of the credits every single time. That's pretty awesome. It does. I do not turn it off. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not at that level. Get off. Hang up. <laughs> you know, like culturally, culturally, that's super interesting. My my cousin was in Japan a couple of years ago, and he told us that he went to go see a couple of movies out there, and no one moves till all the credits have rolled. Oh, I've heard that. Wow, that's total sign of respect. That man. must have sucked for them for fellowship at the end of Fellowship <laughs> in the Ring of the, <laughs> Fellowship of. Uh, at the end of the Fellowship movie in Lord of the Rings, 
Um, every member of the Tolkien Society at that point, every registered member is credited in the credits. It takes like 22 minutes or something to scroll through them. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, you, you can trust in the fact that they were probably all on their cell phones at that point. But if they had them at that year, actually, no, that wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, I, I only I only started uh, doing that uh, with uh, w- with Marvel movies, be it X Men or uh, whatever whatever came out first. Just those little um, those little yeah yeah, yeah kaboom, little kaboom, post uh, post credit scenes yeah post credit scenes, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw the one for Homecoming Spider Man Homecoming, but sure. it, it was freaking hilarious. I saw, I saw it, but um, it's not coming to my coming to me. Well, right now. okay, uh, should I ruin it uh, or should? Yeah, whatever. You haven't seen Homecoming at this point. Too bad for you. <laughs> Spoiler warnings: the post uh, the post uh, credits uh, scene is Captain America. He's sitting he's sitting there and he's doing like a an old school like forties and fifties style PSA, and he's uh, it's all about patience, <laughs> having waited throughout all the credits. And, you know, he's talking about, you're really patient. And it's like just making fun of people who are, you know, just waiting for that scene in particular. I, th- I, th- I thought That's it was awesome. awesome. Yeah, it was really good. Chris Evans, man. I really like that guy. <laughs> oh, honestly, he, he, him and Cap, totally synonymous. He's not, he's not Human Torch for you? That's done? Nope. Yep. He's, he's still a... Human Torch for me. Oh, stop it. <laughs> he is when I look at him that's what I think of I'm like why there's so many guys in Hollywood why'd you pick Human Torch although I'm still stuck on Ryan Reynolds as uh, Green Lantern so and I loved him yeah. in Deadpool Did, but let's do our research right now this is going to be a topic for Sith Disturbers actors who have played multiple uh, superhero roles, roles. Yeah. Again, yeah I think James Brolin or Josh Brolin sorry has done uh, three right off the bat I could, I could think of three right away it's two this year Matt and Jonah Hex. Yeah, well, uh, there goes your segment for Sith Disturbers. There goes Sith Disturbers. <laughs> <laughs> Done. All right. Uh, Bradley, there you go, sir. We are we are kind of front to back Star Wars fans when it comes to watching these movies. It's all part of the experience, man. All right. Let's wrap up the show with the Metal Mando. Mr. Jeff Keltz is back this week. We're going to take a, a trip down memory lane with the Metal Mando. Hey guys, what's up? Jeff here again. Just wanted to uh, start off by saying, watch the Han Solo trailers, both of them, each about 20 times. Wow, can't say enough about that. Totally kicked butt. Have nothing bad to say about that. Just stoked to see that movie. Just blown away by everything I saw. But uh, I'm going to take it back again and give you a little another Metal Mando memory. Um... One of the things you guys talked about was our unanimous decision as number one. We talked about things that took us back to the, you know, the uh, 90s, early, mid-90s, was the um, THX release on the VHS. Uh, Well, the weird thing is I was thinking about how many of the actual trilogy collections do I own? And believe it or not, guys, it is 12. So my question to you is, how many of these do you actually own, did own, or do own? And, um, uh, well, here's the crazy thing. I mean, I'm going to go go through this real quick here. So in about 1990, I acquired all of them individually. 
I think my, one of my family members gave them to me, so I had the whole trilogy loose in 1990. They re-released them in 92, and it's a really cool fold-out box. And I'm like, wow, you know, I've got to have that, you know. It's just new, this packaging I never saw before. Even though I think it might have been included in the 90 release. But anyways, bought that. So in 1995, got the THX full screens. I still had the, you know, the wonky old box TV. And then, um, of course, 97 special editions came out. Got those in full screen, too. And then, uh, of course, the Phantom Menace in full screen. I know that doesn't count. But um, then, you know, I got my first widescreen TV. So okay, I had to go back and um, buy the 97 THX widescreen edition, which I talked about earlier, which was... The thing that totally blew me away, but that was because um, some other family members and people I knew had those, and I watched them with them, and that was kind of my first experience with that, but then I actually got to own those for myself. So, of course, I had to buy the 97 Special Editions in widescreen again. So, here we go, right? So, on to 2000, um, we have the re-release of the Special Editions widescreen, and so we got the fancy new packaging with that awesome slip cover and the... Ooh, the bonus Attack of the Clones content. New featurette with behind-the-scenes footage of George Lucas. Had to have that. So there we go. Bought that again. And, of course, the 2000 uh, Phantom Menace widescreen uh, really kick-butt uh, box set um, with a little art of book and everything and uh, some, like, film cells, I think it was. And, well, again, that doesn't count, but still wanted to include that. So here we go, moving on, 2004, we have the special edition released again with a bonus disc of the Empire of Dreams. First time on DVD we get the trilogy, so hey, that's a must-buy. Then in 2006 we get the special editions re-released again, but with the theatrical cuts. Not the greatest versions, I think they were a copy of the laser discs that were released a while back. But still, hey, being able to see those again, even though really grainy, you know, the highest quality, great, you know, to view those again. So, of course, we have the 2001 Blu-rays, and, you know, got to buy those. So, and then another thing here at the end here, I'm not sure if you guys have got your hands on these or not, but the despecialized editions that are making the rounds. Got my hands on those. Basically, HD versions of the original theatrical cuts. So I acquired those. Um, basically, my go-to uh, version of watching the movie now. When I sit down, you know, me and my wife watching the trilogy. Uh, can't go wrong with those. Just talking about bringing me back to the old school uh, 70s. Just, oh, the quality of those is unbelievable. And then um, uh, a couple of things I want to mention. Um, uh, we were talking about Nintendo 64 as kind of being in our top five, the game, Shadows of the Empire. And, wow, when we saw that space train uh, little scene from the tra teaser trailer, did that not kind of bring you back to the Nintendo 64 game a little bit? Because it sure did me the first time I saw it. Kind of like, I think it was the Ord Mandel version of that game. So that was like, kind of, wow, I was like, that that kind of impressed me a lot. I was like, wow, that, that takes me back a little bit too there. Hope, hopefully they're kind of playing off that a little bit. And then the other little thing I wanted to add is you guys were talking about Shadows of the Empire, that whole thing. And you guys didn't mention the one thing that was really crazy was they had a full album soundtrack for that. And along with everything else, you know, the comics, action figures, and um, the book. And... Uh, 
you know, it's kind of funny. They, you know, they released all these things that would basically be released along with a movie, but there was no actual movie. Crazy, right? So, um, yeah. I actually listened to that recently, and, you know, not too bad. I think, you know, I think it kind of holds up. You guys would like it. No John Williams, that's for sure. But, you know, hey, still, it's, it's pretty cool. So, uh, just kind of a weird question. Like, how many of these... Uh, trilogy collections do you guys have because amazingly i have 12 yeah i actually surprised myself when i counted them up but on that uh metal mando is out of here guys take it easy and there he goes i think jeff's jeff's down in florida lucky guy i i, I would do a lot of very very bad things to be in florida right now mm, seriously if i'm ever coming to florida jeff uh, see, uh, you're gonna finish J- that James Corey? <laughs> no, he's gonna reach out to me. I'm reaching out to him. He's gonna reach back out to me. It's, it's the funny line that James says. Like Corey loves to like get people to like do certain things or like insert himself in places. Like yeah, 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 no problem. When I'm in Florida, <laughs> no, why not? Come on, <laughs> Jeff. If you're ever in, in in Quebec, Montreal, you know what I mean. You got a place to stay, man. That's nice. All right. Um, James, I'm going to ask you this because you, you might have an interesting tangent with this as well. But how many copies of the OT do you have on VHS slash DVD? Um, or beta. Yeah, or beta. Or my, you know, my dad did come home with a Betamax machine at one point. We did have a beta in the house and, and VHS uh, won out. Laserdisc? Mm, I don't think so. No, no Laserdisc. Um, but, uh, to answer the question, I think I only have one OT copy of Star Wars and it's on, I know my dad still has one like pirated version that says at the bottom, this, you know, it was, it was like the, uh, the Academy Awards or some, some, uh, a screener. Yeah. It was like a screener one. Like this is for, you know, viewing purposes only not to be distributed for resale or. And that comes on like a bunch of annoying times through the movie. Um, so my dad has that on VHS, but I think I only own the OT on um, DVD. One copy. But uh, I do, uh, I will take the opportunity to, to, to sort of mention the idea that uh, there are things that I own multiple, multiple copies of. And one of them, one of them is um, copies of the Lord of the Rings books. So uh, we we heard ads talking earlier, and I just, uh, Kyle, if you don't mind, I'll take two seconds and say we're still plugging along with our Green Door podcast. I'm about to record episode four next weekend, actually. So uh, if you like Tolkien and you like multiple copies of things, holy cow, um, we're going to be doing lots lots of multiple um, copies of those books <clears throat> in, our, in our collections. I'd love to see a checklist. Yeah, dude, you make me crazy with that stuff. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> like, I love... Well, just the fact that there's so many different, like, I, I love, like, collect, like, that's a dangerous thing to get into. Like, I had asked Kyle years ago to, to get me some vintage Tolkien stuff, you know, like, then these, a lot of the stuff that you've introduced me to, to as well, like, there's just, like, 30, 40, 50 different covers for, like, everything that's ever been printed, almost like. It's, it's like, ridiculous. Oh my God, there's like, so much stuff out there if you if you get into collecting. And there's lots of ways to do it too, right? You can do like all the, like you say, all the different covers or just try to get 
you know, all, all originals, which are, at this point are really valuable, man. Anyways, there's there's a lot of ways to get into it, and you're right, it's super dangerous. <laughs> That's kind of why I, I gave a bunch of my stuff to you. <laughs> well, a couple of those things you gave me are really nice, Kyle. Uh, one of those is a first first American edition of uh, of the Silmarillion. You, you know what? I, did I tell you beautiful. what I paid for yes. that? Uh, I think you might have, but I don't remember offhand. Not a lot. Dollars. Ah, what a joke. And it's 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 almost in pristine shape. It's in very good shape, and uh, even the uh, the map in the back, which is easy to tear, is is uh, it still attached and in great shape. No, the whole thing is it's a beautiful book, man. Ten bucks. Are you sure you're not looking for the word uh, mediocre? <laughs> mediocre to amazing. <laughs> Classic. You know what's interesting about that book you gave me, Kyle, is the front cover is is a picture painted or drawn by Tolkien, and it's from. The Lord of the Rings story. It's not from the Silmarillion, even though it's on the first, the cover of the first American edition of the Silmarillion. That's funny. Yeah, it's called the Mountain Pass. You think sure, uh, Tolkien yeah. was uh, toking when he wrote those things, or uh, smoking pipe weed? I think he was a big smoker of tobacco, but uh, pipe, but pipe, I right? Think, pipe. I don't think he indulged. Yeah, pipe tobacco. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, cool. All right, uh, James. Do you know what edition, like what, what from what set your copy of Star Wars is? Is it the ninety four, ninety five THX set, or is it the special editions? No. So yeah, I've got the. Uh... Oh, you know what? I do have two copies. Now that you say that, because I I also have the special editions. But no, I've got the THX set from when they first came out. They were a Christmas gift from my brother. I remember. Thanks, Scotto. <clears throat> but yeah, you're right. I also have. Uh... <clears throat> I do own a couple of copies. Uh, and I and I also have a few Blu-rays of newer stuff too. But for for OT stuff, yeah, I've got two copies. Fair enough, um, Carlos. What do you got? Uh, I have the original. Uh, I think the same ones as you. The uh, unaltered, uh, real original trilogy. And Is that the, the THX the, yeah, one exactly. last time set? No, 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 no. Uh, the VHS. Um, the ones you got from Columbia House. Uh... <laughs> I laugh every time I hear yeah. that. No, it was. I think it was before the THX ones. Like they didn't come in a set. You bought them individually. Right. I I bought those for Kyle. Yeah, that's those are from '92. Okay, so those are the ones I have. The '92 ones. Yeah. And I have. Um, I have it right here, actually. If you'll indulge me. Yours are I from just... 90. The ones I got you are from 92, Kyle? Correct. The CB. Really? Correct. Man, they have the best covers, though. Yeah, the awesome um, artwork. It's like from the original artwork, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, frig. They're so good, man. Those ones. I, I can't believe I gave them to you. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I gave them to. Like, actually, Kyle was like, you, you, you were being very good to me at that time. But I just did it. Like, my buddy was like, yeah. He's like, I got these. I was like, dude. Like hook me up, and then like my the first person that came to my mind was you, man. I was like, "Here you go, man." You're like, you are somewhat appreciative. Well, I was like, v- VHS. What am I going to do with this? It wasn't okay. like a, it wasn't a thing for me to collect at that point, but now it is. Like it's totally something I I appreciate having. Oh yeah, I thought of you right away, man. When I saw those, the artwork, man. That that reminds me of the day, man. Going to the video store in the day, like just 
racking the shelves and seeing those Star Wars flicks. Like, if you saw a cover like that as a kid looking through the video store, you were like intrigued. Go on, I I'll take that home. Uh, Corey, what have what have oh, you got? Hold on, hold on, I'm not done. Oh, I'm not Carlo, done. oh yeah, Carlos has to I'm give us some in, more info here. <laughs> I have the OT on uh, DVD, uh, the Blu-ray and DVD um, mashup where you get the six discs, but three of each, right? Uh, that was from 2013. Yeah, plus and, the three uh, discs. Well, the, the you're talking about the Blu-ray set with Luke on the cover, right? No, it's Anakin Blu- and Luke on the cover. No, it's so a, the, Blu- a Blu-ray set. With Vader on the cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi uh, on Blu-ray and on just regular DVD. Um, Gotcha. So I have that set, and I have the individual Star Wars uh, episodes 1 to 3. When they came out, I bought them individually. So I don't have, like, a complete box set of everything. I have uh, pretty much uh, the OT I have uh, on VHS and on DVD. The prequels, I have them on, on DVD. And um, all the new ones, are gonna. I have them on just digital on my iTunes. Yeah, that's the thing now, right? Yeah, digital. and it's just, I, I don't, shelf space is becoming a premium. And... Um, the discs get scratched and you know this is just way more convenient i could take them anywhere with me so sure. it's, it's all good it's always all good Corey. yeah um well at one point i'll say that i pretty much had like almost all this stuff but uh actually lately i've been cleaning up all the boxes and stuff i'm i'm going over everything lately like i recently acquired the thx vhs I know I had bought that. Kyle and I, for some reason, we lived together. We were all about that stuff. And we each said, no, we're each buying our own. Don't touch mine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, I had that. I don't know where that one is. But I actually have a French edition now. Uh, Ooh la la. Yeah, from my my mother-in-law. I'm sure I have the VHS special edition in a box here. As well as the special edition DVD. And... I know I have a, it's like a nine disc Blu-ray compilation, uh, one through six plus three discs of bonus features. It's a pretty cool little box set. Like the cover is kind of like Tatooine. Yeah, other than that, uh, I got uh, everything else on DVD, like Rogue One. I also had like some of the the earlier stuff, like. Attack of the Clones I had on DVD individually prior, which I don't have anymore, but, uh, like, anyhow, yeah, pretty much <laughs> almost all of it. Yeah, those individual yeah. ones that came out with, uh, like, once the movie came out and and we were in between movies and the DVDs came out with the, the, the uh, special uh, disc of, like, bonus features... Like, I love that. Just, you know, popping in the bonus features and just seeing, like, two or three hours sometimes of, like, just extra stuff. Well, here's one for you as well, man. I was at my buddy's place downtown uh, when one of us first got an apartment. But this place was massive. Like, he was living, living like, the loft. Like, there was, like, five people living in this amazing place they shouldn't have been living in. And I'm looking there and I'm like, 
Star Wars on DVD? Are you kidding me? It was like made on in Taiwan. Like there was, I know at this point there was no other Star Wars DVD. And he was like, "Yeah, you want it?" Like he was like, "Whatever." He's like, "Give me five bucks." It was a bootleg kind of deal, but they had the whole menu created. Like they created the whole program for it, you know. And I don't know if you still have it, Kyle, but I I know I ended up giving it to you. It's not even ringing any bells. Really? You're such a turd. I bet you that. <laughs> I I bet you that Luke. That's Scott the second time you said that word tonight. Yeah. yeah. This this time slightly less offensive than the first time. Yeah, <laughs> slightly. I know he meant it this time. <laughs> yeah, I did. You turd. Either way, I can't believe you don't remember that man. It was such a big deal because I remember Kyle was the one that was kind of like he was like the Sith. Like like when I I, I remember talking to you about it, and you're like you you got to get that, get that movie. Like it wasn't even out on DVD yet, man. But this is like a, it was from Taiwan or something, and it even had a menu and everything, and it was pretty well done. You probably still have it somewhere in a box. I might, I might come across it one day, and then you'll remember to be like, "Oh, you are a good brother, Corey." <laughs> oh, I don't need that box to set to know that Corey. <laughs> um, my list almost echoes Jeff's. It's not quite as as fleshed out, but I I have our original dubbed versions from the eighties. Except and that I don't means have everything. I can't believe you still have those. Like I have to give you props for that, Kyle. Like I'm so glad you keep those. I I do. I I still have a working VHS a v, a VCR. I I want to just check them out just to see what they look like and sound like at this point. It's got to be absolute trash. Uh, and then I have. Uh, the box set from 92, the, uh, we just talked about that. I've got the 94 THX release. Uh, I do not have the special editions, the gold or the silver widescreen pen and scan. I don't have that. I gave it, I gave, Corey, I may have given that to you. It's very yeah, possible dude. I gave mine to you um, because I bought the 2000 box set from year 2000 uh, widescreen. That's when I finally saw the light and decided that or realize how much better widescreen was than pan and scan. So I bought that widescreen set. And it was almost specifically because there was that bonus Attack of the Clones content on it. That was a huge deal for me for that. I, I had to have it. So I spent whatever it was, 30, 40 bucks at the time. Nailed that down. Um, and then uh, Jeff had also managed the 2000 Phantom Menace widescreen box set, which I have. With a little film cell in it and stuff like that. There was an uh, art book. On VHS? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the 2004 DVDs I have. Uh, I didn't, I never bought the 2006 set with the theatrical cuts put into it. And it, I think people tend to believe that the theatrical cuts, the original, original Star Wars on those, those 06 uh, DVDs are not from 77, 80, and 83. Those, that's the 92 versions of the movie that are put onto this. There's there's like minor changes here and there. Um, and then I have uh, the Blu-ray set. I, I do not have, of course, like that, that's episodes one through six. And um, I don't have Harmy's despecialized editions, which I hear look amazing. And it, actually, it was in doing this exercise here, it was 
only today that I that I realized that Return of the Jedi didn't come out on home video until 1986. I really that was amazing, did. man. Honestly, I still remember the first night. It was a summer's evening, and like we we'd been consuming Star Wars at that point, and we're like, "There's a third one! Oh my god!" Baby Ewoks at six, seven years old. Bring it on. Yeah, something like that. Um, and yeah, and Jeff Jeff snuck in a note there at the end uh, that there was there was a soundtrack for Shadows of the Empire. We talked about that last week, but we we you know, we talked about the comics and the toys and the video game and the the novel, obviously. But they also did a soundtrack. I totally forgot that, and I, I completely whiffed on buying it at the time. I, I remember you could get the CD for it. And I just never picked it up. Never, ever picked it up. All right. So that is about it, man. Jeff, Metal Mando. Thank you, sir. I, I thank enjoy you, these, Jeff. I enjoy these trips down memory lane. It's a lot of fun. All right. I think, did James fall off the call? Someone fell off. No, yeah, I think, James, I think James fell off the call. All right. Well, guys, we're about ready to wrap it up here anyway. That is episode 113 in the can. Carlos, thanks for coming, man. Thank you, man. I was uh, I was bored. I needed this. This was good. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night, uh, nothing to watch. Carlos, were we going to see Blank pa- Black Panther? No, no, not Black Panther. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Infinity <laughs> My my doll. I don't live the dream like you, uh, Corey. Uh, you know. My, I'll uh, take you. I'll take you. Come meet me. We'll go. Yeah, Just pay for the gas. Yeah, but there you go. That's the hick right there. Give me give me five bucks for gas. I'll come. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's let's wrap it up. Uh, ads. Bradley. Jeff. The Metal Mando. Thank you guys for your questions and your thoughts. Uh, super appreciate it as always, and I can't wait to hear from you guys next week. And guys, well, hey, since James fell off the call, you're left with the Sith Disturbers. And that is coming back your way later this week. And if you want to hear that, if you want to become a powerful friend, then head over to patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and sign up for just a couple bucks a month. It's uh, We like to think it's well worth the expenditure. And for your trouble, you'll get some exclusive podcasts, access to our prize draws, which, as we talked about before, this month will include... It'll include Kanan and Hera as a prize pack. So get in on that. And um, yeah, our contests, newsletters, more. All for two to three bucks a month. Patreon.com slash Tumbling Saber. Do it. Yeah. I've noticed a pattern as well that uh, newbies kind of have uh, beginner's luck. And this month is a big one. So Ooh, good sell, Corey. You like that. It's true, though. In a way, no, it's like, oh, this guy signed on. Look what just happened. Well, Carrie was is fairly new, and she just won. Uh, who was before that? Nathan won, but he's he's a long time Patreon supporter. Long time, I say we go, we go back to August, but uh, <laughs> I remember a couple of them, man, where it's just like, oh man, they just signed on. Who well, at it? a certain point, everybody had just signed on, <laughs> so everybody was a, was a newbie. But I, I think Carrie's the uh, only, other only way, one that's like, wow, she's like brand new, and she just won. This is a two for one, and your odds are still extremely good. <laughs> so, well, as far as lotteries go, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you want to check that out at some point. Everybody, my my hope is that everybody wins at some point before before we're all said and done here in this world. 
All right, so that's it. Uh, let me take this opportunity again to uh, plug the Star Wars Commonwealth and our, our new friends, the Tatooine Sons podcast. So check it out. You got to go check out the Tatooine Sons podcast. Find them all over all over the place, Twitter, Facebook, and especially on iTunes and uh, and the like. All right, and, uh, and the rest of the Commonwealth, you know them, or you should know them by this point. It's Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, the Rogue Squadron podcast, The Nerd Room, Skyhoppers, San Diego Sabres Radio. And did I miss anybody? Tumbling Saber. That's us? F*** those guys. Oh, how many beers have you had, Corey? Uh, five. <laughs> Unbelievable. Timestamp. Oh, <laughs> he just, it just hit him now. All right. I thought, it's I thought like we were 1230. I thought we were okay. I thought we were okay. It's been a while. Come on. I'm just happy. I'm just happy. It wasn't me this time. No, Carlos, you let, you let us, you let a couple through to his, in this episode. I did? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Timestamp. Timestamp. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord! All right, guys, let's let's uh, let's burp out our Twitter handles and get out of here. Carlos, you want to go first? Yeah, follow me at C Candido Music uh, or uh, Carlos Candido uh, on Facebook, and uh, you know from there do your internet stalking. You'll find all my stuff. Groovy, James. Where can people find you and your podcast? Yeah, don't worry about me. Just find our new little baby podcast at The Green Door Pod. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and soon iTunes. Did I, did I tell you I got a rejection email from iTunes? What? Shut up. That's yeah, for so real. crazy. Let's talk Why? about I don't know what I did. It doesn't say what I did wrong either. I, I'll forward it to you later. But uh, You know what it is? I bet you it's the artwork. You have to give them like super high-res artwork. Oh, Maybe. If you gave them just like a little 200 by 200 thumbnail of the artwork, they they will reject that. You got to give them like 2000 pixels wide. Uh yeah, that's probably it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it has to look good or or they'll still reject it. The Green Door podcast, come check us out. <laughs> Absolutely do that. Get in on the Tolkien bandwagon now. Uh Corey. Well, Kyle, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you you can find me at Chop <laughs> Rules with a Z. Sucks Weak. with an X. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see you next time, Carlos. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I am at Tumbling Saber. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Come say hello. And uh, again, Sith Disturbers later this week for Powerful Friends. Can't wait to sit down and, and who knows what we're going to talk about there. I have no clue. But uh, a good time will be had. I'm sure about that. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to episode 113. We'll talk to you all later this week on social media and all those other fun places. Have yourself a good one, and we'll talk soon.
watching you walking away from me. Were you watching me?